Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The Texas GOP has formally declared Joe Biden to have been illegitimately elected. And while the media is running on and on about voter fraud, the actual issue here has to do with unconstitutional changes to voter laws from the perspective of Texas. Now, I don't want to get into just in the intro, the whole election debate, but I want to point out what the Texas GOP is saying is, yes, they have issues with fraud. Personally, I don't agree with those narratives. However, They also go on to say that they are challenging the constitutionality of voter rule changes. This lawsuit from Texas, it's Texas v. Pennsylvania, went to the Supreme Court who rejected to hear it. And if you don't listen, you're not changing the mind of anybody. So now we're ending up in this, I don't know, constitutional crisis is the direction we're going in because if the Texas GOP is is voting on these things and their their confidence is shattered, I don't know what that's going to mean for the rest of the country, but... It also means that Texas could vote to secede in 2023. That's another big story that's happening. So we'll talk about all of that and we'll break down why people are feeling this way. And I want to show you the Texas v. Pennsylvania lawsuit. I covered it quite a bit back in 2020 when the lawsuit happened. And interestingly, following that lawsuit, a court in Pennsylvania did rule their universal mail-in voting to be unconstitutional. So maybe YouTube doesn't want to hear that, but that's a fact. We'll have to talk about all that. We also have Lithuania blocking Russia from transporting important materials into the oblast of Kaliningrad, which Russia says is illegal, and Lithuania being a NATO state could drag NATO into war with Russia. So, um, I don't know, a Civil War and World War Three, all, all, all at the same time. Let's go. That'll be fun. Oh, 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 also there's major food shortages coming. Oh, cool. Yeah. How uh, exciting. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, because it's not just about the fact that inflation is really high. It's also that while the costs are going up, the amount you're getting for the same cost is going down. So the inflation is actually way higher than they're really saying, probably to protect Joe Biden, or because they're not tracking accurately. And then you have all of these different countries that get a tremendous amount of their food imports from Ukraine and Russia, which they aren't anymore. And when they run out of food, they're going to, you know, it's a World War Three. And hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> Joining us to talk about all this is Angela McCardo. Thanks for having me. Who are you? I am the chair of the Libertarian National Committee, or more colloquially known as the Libertarian Party. Very nice. Thank you for joining us. You guys recently had a big victory. The Mises Caucus like took over everything. That's right. I am a former board member of the Mises Caucus. I had to resign effective immediately once I was elected to the national position. But we did. We swept the convention. Every single one of our candidates for the national committee and the judicial committee was elected. Every single one. Wow. All right. We'll we'll, we'll get into all that stuff as well. And we also have Mary Morgan. Oh, Hi, everyone. Hello, Mary. <laughs> I'm the co-host of Pop Culture Crisis. And before that, I'm professional edgelord. Ooh. So oh, I'll try yeah. to behave myself. Okay. This is my first time. So go easy on me. Okay. Now they're going to get twice. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to no, be like, damn it. Yeah. It's heating up. Hey, this weekend we harvested wheat out of the front yard. I don't know if you guys knew this. We actually blended. Tim blended it up into powder. Flour. I, I milled it. Milled it in the blender. And then we... uh and then we made bread out of it. Oh, cool. It wasn't half bad. No, it actually It was a bit kinda, moist and cakey, yeah, but... Yeah, that's because the way it was stored. Uh, yeah. I didn't have a bread box, so I kept it in sealed, and then the, the moisture will make it s- soggy. I liked it, though. 
Yeah, me too. I'm glad you brought up constitutional crisis earlier, Tim, because I think this is a sort of constitutional crisis, what we're facing with the way things have been going the last three or four years, really since Donald Trump, that election and Hillary's email, all that stuff. But I think we need one because uh, the Federal Reserve and this international banking system has been sapping the United States for 100 years. And it's it's make or break time. I like it. Yeah. Well, you guys wanted a libertarian and you wanted a Catholic, and I brought you one of each. They're just not the ones you were expecting. I'm very excited to talk to Angela and Mary tonight. I love being on with Mary on Pop Culture Crisis. We always have a great time. Excited to hear what she has to say. And also go to TimCast.com, become a member, and help support our work directly. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from this show, the not family-friendly version where we swear a lot. and It's very un- it's very much uncensored. That's up at TimCast.com Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. You're also supporting our other shows and our journalists. We have a bunch of journalists. We just hired a couple more. We're going to be adding more. We're going to be doing that fact-checking. So with your support, we will continue that mission. So again, go to TimCast.com, sign up. And don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show right now with your friends. Texas Republicans declare Biden illegitimately elected. Reject 2020 election certification. They say... A component of the 2022 platform adopted by Texas Republicans on June 18th rejects the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election, calling it a constitutional violation. We all know how much YouTube loves this story. Quote, the the Texas GOP said, we believe the 2020 election violated Article 1 and 2 of the U.S. Constitution, that various secretaries of state illegally circumvented their state legislatures in conducting their elections in multiple ways, including by allowing ballots to be received after November 3rd, 2020. The resolution reads, they go on to say they believe that substantial election fraud in key metropolitan areas significantly affected results in five key states in favor of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Now, I don't care for that last statement, to be completely honest. I, uh, I, I, I just I don't care for it. I think that a lot of really angry people voted against Trump, and mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a cop out. Now, I know a lot of people really, you know, believe in the fraud narrative. I think the bigger issue is we know for a fact that in several states, they did change the rules. There were legal challenges. They were never ruled on the merits, m- many of them. Pennsylvania is the perfect example, and this is what uh, I want to highlight in this story right away. Texas v. Pennsylvania was 2020. Texas said exactly what they're saying now, that various states violated the Constitution in the way they handled the voting. The Supreme Court said, we won't hear it. Okay, if someone comes to you and says, I believe this thing happened, and you go, don't care, I'm not listening. Hmm. They're going to say, okay, well, it's not like my mind was changed. If the, if the Supreme Court took the case, heard the arguments, maybe now we would have some resolution. So if you've got a bone to pick, take it up with Roberts and the rest of the Supreme Court. Alito and Thomas were the only ones willing to hear it. The reason why I don't care for the fraud narrative, for one, I'm not completely convinced. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just not. I think a lot of people were very much excited to vote against Donald Trump. And more importantly, it, it's, it's, it's demoralizing and it is, um, it's, it's, it's voter suppression in a sense. You're basically telling people to give up. But I'll tell you this. If there is a question about the constitutionality or the rules in an election, that's something that should be investigated. It should be litigated so that way, that way there is confidence in the election. My, I think what's most important here is not necessarily the argument about 2020 because we're, we're going on two years later, you know, for the most part. I think the issue is they never resolved the issue yeah. that Republicans have. And because of that, we're now moving into a midterm where already we had one county, Otero County, refusing to certify the results. And now we're going to be moving into 2024. It's going to be even crazier. You think Texas is going to be, is going to be willing to play with these other states when they were like, you wouldn't even listen to our arguments in the first place. Our mind has not been changed. And now they're building a platform based on that, 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 uh, uh that belief. 
So how do you think conservatives are going to be viewing the Supreme Court going forward? Because historically, people have been really excited about the Supreme Court. We treat them, we treat those justices like they're gods, like they're, like they're more human. They're better than us, human beings. They're infallible. They can't do anything wrong. Do you think that's going to change as a result of this? The Supreme Court is viewed that way? Yeah. I think a lot of people view the Supreme Court as though they're, they're otherworldly beings and they're infallible. Do you know, what's the, what's the salary of a Supreme Court justice? Isn't it like 180? It's not that much. It's not very high. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I bring that up because, yeah, a lot of people view the Supreme Court as just like this, you know, all-powerful powerful entity. And I'm like, some dude just tried to kill Kavanaugh, and there's like nothing he can do about it. They're protesting in front of his house, and there's nothing he can do about it. And he only makes 180 k per year. That is not a lot of money no. to be dealing with this level of threat, th- these threats and violence. Yeah. And they have no enforcement authority. The, the, the Supreme Court can come out and be like, we want this. And everyone go, no. And they go, but you have to. Looks like they make 280000 Oh, I'm sorry, 280 Chief right. justices. Not 180 It's Still, yeah, two, it's 280 is... Like, every year they get a raise, it looks like. 280 is a lot of money. <clears throat> but like to be one of the most famous and hated Hate. people That's in the, the world... That's the problem. Fame and money, they don't always scale together. And if you're super famous and dirt poor, you can't hire security. You can't afford it. Well, and that's a big problem. There's also apparently bad fame when people mm-hmm. want to murder you. Infamy. That's not a good thing. That's yeah. pretty horrible. Political fame is not necessarily positive. Yeah. No, that's why you know, you'd be better off hosting like, you know, look at us doing this political, political show. We'd be better off if we were just talking about like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and doing pop culture stuff. I think that the- You p- jealous? <laughs> <laughs> right? A little bit, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I think the Supreme Court's got way too much power, man. I think that yeah. it should not be seven, eight, nine, ten people deciding the fates of the entire nation. It's insane. Yeah. It's completely insane to me. How about Supreme Court precedent? Like, meaning what exactly? I mean, what do you think about the fact that they can decide something and then that's just the law? I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you would give eight people that power, 12 people or it's whatever like, it is. It's like, it is legislation. Nine, it's not, finally. It's not viewed as legislation, but we treat it as legislation. Well, I mean, I, I think there are issues, the conversations to be had about, you know, Supreme Court for sure and authority, mm-hmm. but it is the interpretation of the law as the legislation has passed it. Right. So... I think the Founding Fathers did a really, really great job trying to craft you yeah. know, government. I think it's the best we've seen so far. Certainly, I think we could probably do better. You know, The idea that this is the end-all, be-all of good government, it's not the case. But more importantly, I think you know, probably early on, it was way better than it is now. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's probably corrupted over a long period of time. Well, it's scaled up dramatically. Right. Social media has changed a lot uh, of the way people interact with just political leaders in general like that they can get a tweet they can get a hundred thousand tweets messages a day like back in the day a hundred years ago they were lived on their farm and that's where they were and no one really knew where they lived or well so i i I was reading about the john brown raids in bleeding kansas Mm -hmm. and it's like 10 years or or it's like six years before the civil war and i was uh i was reading about the raid on harper's ferry yeah dude walked into harper's ferry and took over like that there was no communication so when they walk in with a bunch of dudes with guns, they're like, okay, you're in charge now. The only reason they ended up getting caught was because he, there was a train they had stopped. And then John Brown let the train leave. They made it to, I think, Baltimore and then immediately got on the telegraph and was like, yo, a bunch of abolitionists took over the city. And they're doing like a slave revolt. And killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was five people. Five people died. I could be wrong. John Brown's hardcore. But bleeding Kansas was nuts. That was that. So yeah. that was like warfare. That was just outright war. It was civil. It was a state civil war. So, uh, but anyway, I was reading about this, and I'm thinking like, 
if anything like that happened today, the moment someone banged on the door, the text, the tweet would be out and everyone in the world would know what was happening. Mm-hmm. The Air Force would be scrambled. The Air Force is already up there waiting. They'd just be like two right. hours out or less. Oh, they know before you're, do- they're watching on your phone and your GPS as you're go- going to Harper's Ferry. So like if, if John Brown existed today, they'd be like, hey, we noticed those five guys we've been spying on are all in the same place and mm-hmm. they're heading towards this armory. Send in the troops. Watch list. Yep. Boom. Done. Done. So anyway, I, I, I bring that up because I'm thinking about today and I'm thinking about how social media has changed everything, mm-hmm. that the, the amount of time it took for the Civil War to happen, it wouldn't be the same today. Today, it would be like it's, at the moment it kicks off, everyone knows it kicked off. Mm-hmm. Bunch of triggers would happen like their power would get shut down here. Then the power would get shut down here. Then you see an explosion while three places stall. So are people really people are talking about secession or balkanization, which is the nicer way to put it. How many people do you think are seriously talking about open civil war? Not many. No, I, I think I, bro, I, it was trending today on Twitter, 102,000 mm-hmm. tweets on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think they're actually talking about real civil right. war. They don't know what that means. That doesn't mean it, it, the reality that is matter. you hide in a hole and hope that you don't get a bomb dropped on you every day. You're right, but that doesn't matter. Like, they're using the words, people, people but. think s- suppressors go pew, pew, pew That's because they true. watched a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they read a book about civil war and they think they know what it is. They, the, these, these Antifa people, I mean, look at what happened with, uh, Aaron Danielson in Seattle took two to the chest. Mm-hmm. Some, just you, people don't understand civil war is going to be, you're going to get groceries and then all of a sudden a, an IED blows up next to you and you're just a random person who has nothing to do with this. That's the kind of reality of, of these conflict. That's the reality of, of this conflict. You had those Antifa people in Portland walking around with rifles, mm-hmm. and they pointed the gun at the guy in the truck and said, "You know, stop." And the guy gets out with his gun. You're going to be living in your house, and some, and and all of a sudden one day, people are going to walk up and be shooting at each other, and bolts are going to fly through your windows. It would be like they're blowing up the freeways. All the freeways would be dis- dissolved. They would be gone in a civil war, and then the Chinese would invade. The CCP would invade. Okay. Well, at some point, the National Guard or the American military is going to come into that equation. So I guess it's just we wonder when. Because we saw in Portland, well, in Portland, it it certainly wasn't civil war, but didn't it look like it just on a small scale? Yeah, civil strife, I I suppose. So, And I anticipate that if anything like that happens, it's going to start off with civil strife. It's not going to pop off with someone in a militia declaring civil war. So I'll, I'll... I think when you bring up the National Guard, there's like a, like I suppose, a more worrying reality of whichever faction is in control yeah. is holding the conch shell, yeah. it's essentially, is wielding the power of, of, of law enforcement and military. So Donald Trump was unwilling to yeah. send in the, Tom Cotton said send in the troops. Trump was unwilling to do it. And he's the conservative one. And right now, you can see the feds going to a garage to investigate a pull rope. You can see the feds. Uh, uh, AG unwilling to, to go after the protesters illegally protesting in front of the homes of, of Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. So it very much looks like uh, the reality is. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. 
CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. The Democrats are willing to use the power. The conservative, the Republicans are not. And yeah. that means if there ever wasn't an active conflict, then those who are in law enforcement who are just going to follow orders are going to be following orders of Democrats. So That's they'll, be, they'll be involved. I'll put it this way. So we saw in uh, a lot of news about Taylor Lorenz. You know Taylor Lorenz? Oh, yeah. Do you know Taylor Lorenz, Mary? No of her. Heard you know of her. her. So she recently got demoted um, <laughs> because she publishes fake news about a couple YouTubers. Now, not every people aren't really, they're not calling it a demotion. They're saying she was moved from the features team to the, to the tech team, but now she's being called a tech reporter. So if you're writing feature opinion columns and now you're just reporting on tech, that's a demotion. Sure. But, um, you know, she gets featured on MSNBC because of mean tweets. Yeah, we've been swatted eight times. We've had a, we've had the, uh, the bomb squad show up. We've had credible threats and my private properties unaffiliated with this show with tenants in them have also been swatted. And, you know, it, look, I'll, I'll say it. I, I guess it's kind of weird talking about myself in this way as if I'm deserving of attention or whatever. But some people, a lot of people pointed out, hey, like when one of the biggest political shows is getting this much threats and swatting and bomb threats and stuff, isn't that a big news story? But for some reason, we don't crack the news at all. And I'm like, this is exactly what you should understand. When people threaten us with death, when we have to evacuate our studio for three hours over a credible threat, it is not newsworthy to the establishment. When one reporter for the mainstream media gets mean tweets and cries, they bring her on TV and they parade her around yep. because we are not a part of the establishment. So do you think I, it might have to do with her just being a woman and women's grievances? Maybe a little bit. Being seen as more important. But I think, look, CNN got bomb threats. And mm -hmm. they evacuated, and it was like the biggest news everywhere. I mean, even Fox News doesn't cover what's happening here. We 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 don't matter to that world, right. even though we 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 rival the, the 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 viewership in terms of the key demographic for many of these cable shows. In fact, we beat CNN in key demo viewership in prime time. So when I when I look at something like that, when I look at the crimes committed against us, it's not just the media ignoring it. It's the question of people were posting this. How is it that Tim Cass has been swatted eight times? received two credible threats and has had, you know, that's just here. We've also had other properties swatted that people don't know about. They're like, why haven't the feds caught these people? And I'm like, it's a good question, isn't it? It's a real good question. I mean, why, I, why haven't they arrested the protesters that are going to Kavanaugh's or Coney Barrett's house? Right. Well, the better question is, why don't they care? Right. And I don't, I don't think that they care. And I think that it's, it's a little bit related to this news story with the Texas Republicans declaring the election illegitimate. And we may not agree with why they're doing it, but I'm a little bit sympathetic to their to their angst because they feel like everything that they care about, everything that matters to them, does not matter to the people in charge. Exactly. This is a, and this is exactly what was uh, happening prior to the first civil war. Yep. Southern states, not a fan of them, but they were saying, "Why isn't the law being upheld as we agreed to it? Why was the North allowed to ignore the law and the South wasn't?" Right. So they said, "Later." I don't know what's going to happen, man. But I know reading about John Brown is really fascinating stuff. It this is. This dude, this, look, it's, it's crazy because he was an abolitionist. 
And and he would often talk about this the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal, the golden rule, and all these things I completely agree with. But he was also he walked up to walked up to a dude and you shot him in the face. And I, and and a lot of people called him a madman. They said he was insane, he was a psychopath. You gotta you gotta imagine what would happen right now if some dude like making the same statements as John Brown committed one of these acts. The funny thing is the left that props him up as a hero would denounce him immediately. Yeah. Because he was about freedom, liberty, and yeah. the, the Declaration of Independence. You got to change the language on that one. You have to, yeah, you have they, to couldn't, it around they couldn't support that. Bit. But, but yeah, basically, Texas uh, filed a lawsuit. Let me, let me pull it up, actually. Texas filed a lawsuit, Texas v. Pennsylvania, in 2020, filed by the state Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Uh, blah, 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 blah. They said, they, they alleged that Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin violated the U.S. Constitution by changing election procedures through non-legislative means. Hmm. The Supreme Court said, screw off. Not a so, good way to go. So what happens if you say, I believe this was unconstitutional, and instead of actually getting that sit down and that adjudication, you're told, go away, we won't hear what you have to say. Texas then goes and says, okay, we've, our mind has never been changed. We, we continue to believe these things. And you, you know what really frustrates me is the cowardice of the mm-hmm. Supreme Court uh, in, in, and the media because they were too stupid and cowardly to realize there are more elections coming. And if Texas says we believe it's unconstitutional and you say we don't care, then they're going to say, okay, then what happens come 2022? In the midterms, they're going to be like, we don't, we don't. We don't believe any of this is legitimate, right. which is literally what they're doing. What happens if in 2024, Biden actually wins again? I don't see it as being possible, to be honest. But let's say he doesn't run. Let's say some Democrat, Eric Adams or Gavin Newsom runs and then wins. And Texas just goes, don't know, don't care. And this time they don't certify the election. So it could go two different ways. And I think there's a little bit of a scale as to how that could play out, right? They literally just go and do their own thing. They just start ignoring the federal government. Probably still sending in taxes, taking tax revenue in that, but, but everything else, they're just not acknowledging it. And the other thing that could happen is that things could get violent or they could get incredibly violent. And I think a lot of that is going to depend in large part on the response of the federal government and how violent they want to get with people who are trying to basically peacefully secede. And, and I say peacefully secede. I haven't seen it yet. So that's, you know, that's got a little asterisk by it because we'll, we'll see whether or not it's peaceful. The first civil war was peaceful for two months, three months. Right. And that's, that's the issue. People think that peaceful divorce is possible, but I don't think it is. Why do you think it's not peaceful or what possible? So the first civil war, you had, I think, seven states. I could be wrong. I was, mm-hmm. but they, they seceded. They made a declaration, declaration and that was it. For several months, nothing happened. Abraham Lincoln then gets inaugurated and says, nope, those military bases are ours. There you go. So what happens is you've got federal authorities, federal law enforcement officers, and if a state secedes and then tells the FBI, the CIA, DHS, get out, and they say no, it can't be peaceful. That's going to be a real problem. That's that's the issue. And, you know, it's, what's what's fascinating is what Ulysses S. Grant wrote about it. He said that every state has a right to, to secede. Right. It just means that you will go to war, and if you lose, you will live under the rules of your of your your betters or, or whatever, whatever he said, your your captors or whatever. So his idea was, you know, you look at the American Revolution, you have a right to say, I have a right to autonomy and, and, and to secede, and you can try. If you lose, you now live under the rules of those who, who have defeated you. And then he his argument was, 
the union spent, uh, sacrificed blood and treasure to admit these states into the union. And there was a debt owed to the union that if they were to leave, it would be like them giving, being given free stuff and then ripping them off. And so that's why they went to war. See, this is part of my problem with government is not everybody signed that contract. No, not, not everybody agreed. Plenty of people were born after the fact. Plenty of people didn't have, especially in that age, they don't have social media. They're not reading up. They don't know. They're just, they come into this world. They're just trying to survive and prosper with their families. Maybe, maybe one good hope for us with any coming civil war would be that it would be a very slow withdrawal and slow pullout. I think it would be 10 times faster. Could be. Because of, because of the internet and social the media. The information age. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me that, um, man, I mentioned this in a couple segments earlier. I was watching Avengers Infinity War, which was, uh, I think 2018, right? 2018? Yeah. You should know that. And, uh, well, you're the pop culture person. So, <laughs> but, but I was thinking about, like, what I was doing when this movie came out. And I was like, do we not realize how much the water has become, has started to boil in the past four years? Yeah. So I was thinking about how people kept telling me since 2018, there was never going to be a civil war. And I was crazy. Even today, people tell me there's not going to be a civil war. And then when I saw the story about Texas and pulled up Texas v. Pennsylvania, and I'm just reading this lawsuit. I was like, this is, this is how frogs boil in a pot. Yeah. You can look at Texas v. Pennsylvania and see that you had, I think, 22 states versus 22 states suing each other over whether or not the election was constitutional. You had members of Congress refusing to certify. You had state legislatures sending alternate electors. And then you had January 6th, and there are still people acting like nothing's happening. And I'm just like, well, well man. I, I don't think that there's going to be a civil war. I don't think it's even possible. I think because any war that we get entangled in is global at this point, and it's not going to be on American soil. It's going to be all over the world, including on American soil. But Something is definitely happening. I just don't think it's leading to it. I take the authoritarian bet like Abe Lincoln that we cannot sh- shovel this union. This union is secure. Mm. It, it, the only reason we're able to have this conversation is because of this union. If the union shatters, we're all doomed, essentially. Like, you think nuclear war is a problem. Well, count your blessings that you haven't watched a nuke go off. What do you think, do you think there are any parallels that can be drawn between what we're seeing right now with the encroaching totalitarianism and the collapse of the Soviet Union? Because that thing fell apart. Yeah. And people didn't have to go out and fight and have streets filled with blood. Yeah, it was it's, that the oligarchs wanted to seize control. I think that's a big part of why the Soviet Union fell. It was like it orchestrated by the oligarchy in Russia to seize power. And I can see here. that happening here. It seems they seem to want to, but it's foreign oligarchs that are trying to do it. I think the difference is, though, with the Soviet Union, you had different countries. You yeah. had people who spoke different languages. You had people who were outright effectively captured in the past few decades. The Soviet Union only lasted, what was it, 69 years? Yeah. So you effectively have Russia just annexing other countries. And so what happens when you have countries? Imagine if Texas only spoke French and, you know, Alabama right. only spoke Spanish. Well, then I can understand a collapse because there's already a language barrier. Although the closer you get to the border, the more people speak each other's language. This is the United States. We've been, a, it's 250 years, 250 plus years. So this is, everybody speaks English. We have a lot of shared history, a lot of shared values. Now it's starting to be ripped apart by these two different factions. You have the Constitutional Republic, which is people who are American, and then you have the multicultural democracy. And I suppose Alex Jones would call the nationalists and the globalists is one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Bank for International Settlements, the bankers, the Swiss bankers, the World Economic Forums involved, BlackRock trying to buy American land out from, well, it's actually Blackstone is buying a lot of land and BlackRock will tell you that that's conspiracy if you say it's BlackRock because it's Blackstone, even though they were kind of spinoffs of each other or one let, spun off from the other. Let me pull this story right here. Here we go. From Newsweek, Texas could vote to secede from the U.S. in 2023 as GOP pushes for referendum. The Texas Republicans are pushing for a referendum to decide whether the state should secede from the U.S. The demand for Texans to be allowed to vote on the issue in 2023 was one of many measures adopted in the Texas GOP's party platform following last week's state convention in Houston. Now, I want to point out this is not the first time someone's called for this, but it seems to be moving forward. Under a section titled State Sovereignty, the platform states, pursuant to Article 1, Section 1 of the Texas Constitution, the federal government has impaired our right to local self-government. Therefore, federally mandated legislation that infringes upon the Tenth Amendment, rights of Texas should be ignored, opposed, refused, and nullified. Texas retains the right to secede from the U.S., and the Texas legislature should be called upon to pass a referendum consistent thereto. Now, let, let me ask you, with all of these libertarian types moving to Texas, yep. do you think there's going to be increasing support for Texas secession? Oh, absolutely. The National Libertarian Party just passed a, a platform change in support of secession. Wow. And the, the Florida State Libertarian Party did earlier this year. We're we're all about it because we think that people should be able to live their own lives and just peacefully separate. We emphasis on peaceful, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, well, but, then, then, then maybe there's a real possibility for dissolution like the Soviet Union as opposed to the Civil War. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and I'm hoping that even if it takes a little bit longer that we could do that, and even if it's not 100%. Are you actually hoping for it? Or are you saying instead of violence, you'd rather it be peaceful? Because I'm saying any dissolution of the U.S. is a bad thing. I'm trying to look at it realistically, which is I don't know how we can come together as Americans... When we fundamentally have so many major disagreements. Well, it's not shared values that is keeping us together anymore. It's decadence and how comfortable we've gotten. Yeah. How fat and happy they're keeping us. And frankly, pop culture that they're feeding us. And no one wants to go to war because war is awful. Yeah. And and the people who fought a civil war before were made of much tougher stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Realistically, it's not... We're not talking about whether it would be a good or a bad thing. It would never happen. Or maybe I'm just like operating on the the principle that nothing ever happens. Well, well, yeah, that optimism bias. Uh, well, that's that's normalcy bias. It it's 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 doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. But uh, you know, like it's what Ian was saying earlier that these people don't actually want civil war. And I agree, they don't know what civil war is. Right. But when you see these Antifa people going around with guns, and and shooting people like the dude in Portland got shot. It doesn't matter if you're tough. It matters if you're dumb. It matters if, you know, uh, Forrest Cooper was on the show last week and he said the people who are good at violence aren't doing it. And you have to ask Correct. yourself why that is. Because, the, because we know, know how awful it is. Well, you know, the, the people who have trained in war, who know how to do war, are staying away from this stuff because they don't, right, they know how, how bad it is. But the people who are engaging in it don't know, don't care. Right. I'll tell you, once it comes, they'll regret it. But by then, it's too late. So I was reading this great post. So let, let me tell you something. Do you know what bourgeois, bourgeois, bourgeoisie means? Bourgeois? The actual definition? No. Yeah. Do you know? Anybody? It just makes me think of hoity-toity wealth, wealthy, rich people. Wrong. It's Ian. middle class, I think. Wrong. Yeah, it's Uh-oh. middle class. Yeah. yeah. Is it the proletariat that's uh, That's the working, working class. Working. Yeah. Then who's the upper class? What do they call them? I don't know. Hmm. 
I don't, I don't know. All I know is the the bourgeois bougie. It means middle class. So when these when these people what these people don't understand is these like antifa urban liberal types. These last few years have not been easy on our economy, and with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. They're the people who get purged in the communist revolution. Yeah, They're the bad ones. There was this, this meme post where they're like a bunch of Trump QAnon rednecks are going to team up with inner city gangs because they have more in common than the laptop class yeah. with each other than the laptop class. And so there's going to be these uppity hipsters who want to eat vegan food wondering, you know, what's going on. And the people who literally have nothing are going to be like, you are the people whose wealth we will redistribute. Yes. And the rich people who have all their money in Panama and Switzerland are going to laugh and be like, care. can't do anything yeah. to me. Well, that's a common part of critical theory in Marxism is that the middle class is what has kept the proletariat from rising up and defeating and trying to trying to overthrow the upper classes because they see the middle class as, oh, that's so attainable. I want to move to that. I want to become that. I bring that up, though, because I think you made a good point, Mary. That what's holding this country together is basically everybody's fat and happy and doesn't want to risk their Krispy yeah. Kremes and their Marvel movies. I prefer not yeah. to. I right. prefer to not be shot in the street. That sounds like a horrible time. <laughs> well, I mean, like... That's the worst of it, but even your movie theater being shut down. It sucked. Yeah. yeah. Like, entertainment is getting worse. Our food is poison. So if they can't even keep up the appearance that we're comfortable and distracted, I understand why some people's minds are going towards civil strife, at the very least, or civil, civil war. war. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I, I think civil war. I'm pretty sure that lockdowns per- contributed to a large part of the rioting because people were they didn't have anything else to do oh yeah i think i think you lock someone in a cubicle apartment they, yeah th- this is the crazy thing man um i think for for most conservatives who live in suburbs and in rural areas they mm-hmm. don't understand that in new york city you're in a 15 by 15 box yep. and you cannot leave these people were effectively in solitary confinement yeah and then all of a sudden you see people in the streets running around smashing stuff you're there the city went nuts. There's nothing else to do. Well, it's the one time you can go outside. Yeah. That's a scary thing. It's really sad. The question, I suppose, is, you know, Texas talks about seceding a whole lot. Are they actually going to do it? or? Well, we'll see. So I think that this is probably going to get tied up in a legal battle. And and, yeah. and it's going to end up just like the Supreme Court. And so they're, it's, Yeah, it's, they're going to say no. It's going to be secession 2.0. That's the one that you have to watch for is how do they react after they get smacked down and ignored by the powers that be. Well, I think what... Uh, what we should look out for is exactly what happened in the first civil war. Texas says these other states aren't abiding by the law. They've already said that. This, people need to pay attention to this, okay? Look at the chronology of the civil war. The southern states said the north was not abiding by the law because they weren't adhering to the Fugitive Slave Act. 
Not a fan of that, my, in my opinion. The Fugitive Slave Act was if the slave escapes, the North has to return them. But the North certainly wasn't doing that. And I'm like, okay, that, that's a good thing. They shouldn't have. But the state, the South then said, if you aren't abiding by the laws we agreed on, there's no union anyway. So the federal government was not adhering to the law, not enforcing it. So then they said, okay, we, we secede. The Supreme Court can say whatever they want. If Texas is outright saying this election is illegitimate, it's the GOP saying it. Yes. But if Texas, the AG filed a lawsuit, and he did, the state of Texas did, and the Supreme Court refused to hear it, we're getting to the point where you have a state saying you are not abiding by the law. How close are we until Texas just says, we don't care what the federal government thinks. We're not asking for for permission. Hopefully we're getting close. Uh, okay, but... but I mean, it's a scary prospect. But let's think China's about... going to come in. What if... Uh, is China going to come... With what? Nuclear what if, submarines off the coast of the oh, Gulf. Yeah, I don't know about... I don't, oh, come on. I, I don't Stage know about that. Stage land invasion, drop bombs on Why Austin, would they do that? Just to, to take control of it? But they then we'll bomb them. That would be terrible. Who, who would bomb yeah. them? Texas? I believe that the federal government would absolutely but bomb it's them. it's not a federal... It's not a United States state at that point. This is what I'm talking about post-secession. Okay. If the states who break defend apart, Texas? There's no oh, post-secession. See... I don't think that it'll happen that quickly. I think that what's going to happen mm-hmm. if we have a secession movement that really takes takes hold is that you're going to start to see the federal government become more hands-off, but you're still going to see military bases and alphabet agencies still there, still active, <clears throat> but you're just going to start to see the rest of the influence decline. I think if Texas secedes, then you're going to have states in the union who say, we need access to X resource. Now, normally we deal with Texas, but now there's a border and there are new regulations popping up and new negotiations to be had. China then comes in and says, we're going to give you that resource 10% off. And they go, you got it. Much more likely to go about things that way. And then within 10 years, they're completely dependent upon China. The Texas industry of oil or whatever they're producing gets gutted and destroyed because China's got more ability to to go. But think about Texas culture. Like, how likely do you think they are to be like, China, Come on over. I well, they, they won't, though, but California will. California's yes. going to be like, it's way cheaper to buy from China. Yes. But but then we'll see probably what we're already seeing right now in Europe, which is that people people tend to freak out when you see another country, a major military power, start to encroach on your border. And I think that the United States, even if Texas completely seceded, would still keep a strong military alliance with Texas. And if China started doing anything uh, particularly sketchy, I think that United States military would lose their minds and, and go to town. I look at all this stuff happening, and I'm just frustrated by how stupid our government is. Yeah. Because the Supreme it, – it, 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 here's the problem. It's a bunch of cowards. Yeah. They're, they're all cowards. The Republicans are cowards. Most of the Democrats are cowards. Supreme Court's a bunch of cowards. So, uh, Thomas and Alito are probably the only people who have any backbone yep. to them. The only ones who are willing to hear that Texas lawsuit. And they didn't issue a ruling on the merits. They just said – Original jurisdictions lawsuits are within our purview. We must hear them. That's it. Yep. The rest of them were like, no, I don't want to be involved in this. Oh, I'm so scared. Not me. Right. They don't want to get swatted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they just come out and said, we'll hear it, you know, we'll hear it. And then they, they, the Supreme Court could have come out and outright said, we reject it. The states are allowed to and, and, and hold their elections as they see fit. Their vote has nothing to do with your vote. Move on. So the implication there is that they didn't hear it. Because they were afraid that the country would freak out and people would lose their minds yep. if they gave their honest opinions. Which just means that two years later, the, the sh- confidence in the election is shattered. Yep. The American people feel like there are, there's no regis of grievances. The First Amendment is trash. And now here we go. Second Amendment's in the gutter. 
Fourth Amendment's in the gutter. Fifth Amendment's in the gutter. You, you, ever, you, you look at the Constitution right now, and you got to wonder what rights are, 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 are being protected at all, if any. You've got major corporations who have taken political speech. Now you've got a fracturing of American culture based on the fact that people could not gather and communicate anymore because no one was willing to address that issue. Or should at the very least, one faction was suppressing the other, and you had a bunch of people uh, uh, in Silicon Valley. Second Amendment has been infringed upon for the past 100-plus years in every possible way. Yeah. It is clear-cut. The right of the people to keep and bear arms. The Third Amendment, mostly mostly not being infringed, but there was one issue yeah. of uh, the eviction moratorium. Mm, yeah. When the federal government said that you couldn't evict people, there were uh, landlords who said, my tenant is, 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 is active duty. Hmm. That means the government is mandating I keep an active duty yeah, service true. member in my home. It violates the Third Amendment. That was fascinating. Hmm. Fourth Amendment. Oh, come on. <laughs> Is there a Fourth Amendment? We got stop and frisk. We got red flag laws already in 19 states. Patriot Act. Patriot Act. Oh, yeah. come on. You've got uh, um, the me- metadata spying at the NSA. <laughs> come on. Look at all the X key score, all those things that were unveiled by Edward Snowden. And uh, if, if there, if any amendment has been crossed out so hard, it's been ripped from the, the paper itself, yeah. it's the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, it's toilet paper. Yeah, Fifth Amendment. Oh, come on. Look at the Ahmed Arbery case. There's no there's there's no right to a, a trial anymore. There's no innocent until proven guilty. Patriot Act again. Patriot Act again. There you go. And then if you look at the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, Texas is right here. Now, there's a whole bunch of other amendments we can talk about. We can still drink beer, I guess. We need we need what Gwyneth Paltrow calls the conscious uncoupling. We need yes, that from like the federal that. government. Yeah. Conscious is that uncoupling. what she said, Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. When she when she split, she was like, it's 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 With a Chris conscious. Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's one way to do it, I guess. Uh, Luke Rutkowski last week, I think it was, made an interesting um, allusion between the Enabling Act that Hitler signed that stripped the Germans of their, their yeah. rights to the Patriot Act. And I think that might be actually be a lot more realistic. Like the Reichstag fire, Reichstag was burnt. Um, Hitler blamed the communists and then immediately seized people's rights. The World Trade Centers came down. We immediately blamed the Muslims yep. and Osama bin Laden yep. and then signed the Patriot Act. I think you're right. I wish we could talk about Hitler and people would listen, but that's not They're allowed. listening now. They're listening. Know? Well, history doesn't repeat it rhymes, as the saying goes. Yeah. And so certainly there are people who learn from history in good ways and bad ways. Yeah. You can learn from history in the good way and be like, hey, that was the thing that happened. It was bad and then everyone suffered. Let's not do that again. Yeah, let's not. Other people can learn from the past in bad ways where they're like, you see what that bad guy did? That worked. Let's try that. You got to learn not to rush to make legislation after a tragedy. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, 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 the politicians were like, we better rush to make legislation right. after this tragedy is our only chance. Yeah. You look at the exploitation a, of a crisis, they do it every single as time. As a just citizen, don't do it. Don't Correct. support politicians that want to do it. It's it's crazy well, emotional power grab. There's no need to rush legislation. But you you got to rush in war, but you don't need to rush the legislative process. That's what career politicians do, though. It's interesting, right, all the, the crossover between them and corporate journalists. Because yep. they got to rush to capitalize on a crisis, too. Everybody's like, oh, i got to be the first one there. It's pretty gross. Adam Schiff came out, and he was like, you oh. know, I have evidence that Donald Trump was involved yeah. in January 6th. And then uh, it was a Dana Bash, I think. She was like, what evidence? Well, let's not get ahead of uh, the hearing here. Oh, please. The dude who held up the envelope and says, I have evidence of collusion. And there was none. It was like QAnon. It was like you're some secret dude reporting from a broom closet across from the White House telling us any day now it's going to happen. Right. This is, I, this I don't, is that Blue version. and on and QAnon, man, they're, they're, same. it's the, two ends of the same stick. Yep. But the, the issue, I suppose, is you don't got QAnon people going on MSNBC and CNN or, or even Fox News. True. Maybe, maybe I'm sure there's some person who's gone on Fox News who said something about Q, whatever. It's probably been a while though. Right. The, the, you look at the prominent, um, 
right-wing voices or moderate or libertarian voices, and they're not Q. You look at the left, they're all blue and on. Oh, totally. Like 90, 90% of them are blue yeah. and on, not all of them. Do you mind telling me what blue and on is or means or so who you, that is? Yeah, you know what QAnon is, right? Yeah. Blue and on is a reference to the Democrats' versions of insane conspiracies like Donald Trump as a Russian agent. Same coin. Same, same thing. Right? Okay. But so, there's no person claiming to blue. be <laughs> no, no. Blue, that. Blue, okay. yeah. Like there's no Q either. You okay, know I mean? yeah, yeah. Stupid online forums where people believe whatever. But the blue and on people are like, any day now, Trump's going to get arrested. And they post memes of Trump and ham- handcuffs <laughs> like being walked out. And they're like, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. They have been screaming that Donald Trump is going to be arrested for like four years now. And they're crazy conspiracy. They guys. also believe that the 2020 election was illegitimate. That's right. Isn't yeah. it fascinating how everyone 2020 thinks- 2020 or 2016? Oh, 2016. Sorry. Everybody thinks every election is illegitimate. It kind of, it almost makes me feel like maybe voting isn't always the best way to solve our problems. Michael Malice had a bold tweet today. He was like, there's there's no upside to a, a, accepting an election you disagree with. Well. And I, he's right. I mean, right. in a sense. But I kind of feel like accepting you lose an election is because you have a stable system of governance and, and a culture in which you agree with people. Right. I suppose if we've, we've come to the point in the U.S. where we have no unifying culture other than, other than gluttony. Then, dependence. Well, we've got roads and currency and education styles and communication. Telef- like I can drive to my parents' house in Ohio. I can, you know, we have a lot of things binding us as a culture. Oh. But we have, we have our culture is fracturing is the issue. Yeah, the so internet has really done that. Education. Has- let me let, let me ask you guys. Right, uh, let's say civil war happens. The food supply collapses because you know Russia and Ukraine war. Small town of 10,000 people. What do you think the people in that town do when they run out of food? Anybody? Well, it depends on the town, I guess. Is it like out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, they're growing nowhere. their own food? It's the middle of nowhere, small oh, they're town. Gonna, they're going to have to go to the next town. And do what? Look for food. So do you think the people in that small town will work together to go look for food? Some of them will. Do you think the town would start rioting amongst its, uh, within itself and destroying itself as people steal food from their neighbors? Possibly. I don't think so. I think a small town of 10,000 people in the middle of nowhere where you're going to have people come out and be like, what do we do? Well, I don't know. We have no food. You're going to have a town hall meeting. There might be some theft. The police and people will round up. We can't allow this. We got to figure this one out. What changes it is the internet because you'll have like sleeper cells on Facebook groups where they're like, you go and infiltrate your neighbor's meeting and then we'll have an agent there on Thursday and all these different groups will come together. A small town where people are more likely to know each other. They're more likely to be conservative. They're more likely to go to church together. They're not going to break the window of their neighbor's house to steal his bread. I think New York City, on the other hand, their na- neighbors don't know each other at all. I lived below, above, and across from people I never met. Yeah. I don't know their names. I barely knew what they looked like. That's New York City. Out here, we, we, we know who the neighbors are. We don't like talk to them all that often. Yeah. But we, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're more likely to know who your neighbors are. I think realistically in a small town setting, you're likely to see a handful of people try to loot and riot and act crazy. And unfortunately, you'll see some other people in the town 
put them down. Yeah, because I think they don't they would, be, right? They I, won't put up with it. Yeah, I think they would end that pretty quickly. And I wanted to say too, I think this was making me think that maybe part of the reason that one in five people in the Soviet Union were informants by the end was because they were living in such close quarters. Because I was going to say, I was going to argue with Tim and be like, oh no, you know, remember one in five people, you know, people and families were t- selling each other out. But I was like, maybe that's because they were cramped in like what was functionally gulag. Well, and they apartment. were desperate. Yeah, I mean, desperate to try to. Right. Well, not get thrown in the gulag, right? Exactly. But also to garner goodwill with your superiors who have yeah, their thumb could, on you. Yeah. I think smaller towns, you're going to see a lot less riding. Yes, and absolutely. you do see a lot less riding in general, for you know, for any reason. In New York, where the guy who lives ten feet from the other guy doesn't know who the other guy is, oh, they're going to rob you blind. It's yeah. like I'm hungry. You got beans. Those beans are mine. Yeah, it's like. I think it's called the the concept of anomie, you know, being anonymous in a giant crowd because you, right. you just can. You can just blend right in like a fish. So I'm, I'm thinking about – so we've got this food shortage coming. And um, let me see if I if I have this story. Yeah, here we go. New York Post says record diesel prices could lead to food shortages in U.S. farmers warm. Yep. So I'm thinking about this and there was a post from uh, – what was it? Pwn All the Things, a Twitter account, saying that like Lebanon and um, – yeah. Kazakhstan, all these other states get a majority of their wheat from and crops from Ukraine and Russia. Now they're not getting that food. And so I thought, what's going to happen inside those countries when they don't get food? I think my opinion is Lebanon will attack another country to get food. Possibly. I mean, I think you're also going to see begging for, for foreign aid and the yes. foreign aid is going to come in and probably say sure, sure. things will have to get really bad before people start yeah. going to war. But the food. U.S. is looking at major shortages as well. We are. This is what people need to understand about the food shortage. It is not just that we don't have fertilizer. We didn't have fertilizer because of the war in Ukraine with Russia. That dramatically cut our fertilizer down. They were reporting crop yields would be down 40%. Ugh. Then you have hyperinflation already. The economy's in trouble. So food's going to be more expensive, less readily available. Then what people don't understand is that this story right here, farmers need diesel to get the crops. No kidding. So now if the gas is in short supply, six bucks a gallon, three times more than it was last year, and there's less food as it was, <laughs> your, your loaf of bread's going to be 20 bucks. It's going to get expensive. I will say that with, I'll give you one little white pill though, which is that these industries, some of the people who move in these industries can make technological advances really rapidly the that will con- that will hinge on whether or not the federal government ad- administration the agencies really the federal agencies allow them to do that and we saw them do it really rapidly you know set aside testing requirements for certain types of drugs that came out over the last couple of years yep. i would hope that they would do the same when it comes to food, I don't know, but it's possible. So Norman Borlaug is the scientist who, who I think he quadrupled crop yield for like wheat and some other crops. Yeah. However, uh, I was reading about this. I could be wrong because I'm not going uh, to pretend to be an agricultural expert. The crop yield increased, but the nutritional density did not. Correct. So that meant that there was a large amount of starch available, but not enough vitamins. So one of the arguments made as to why poor people are so fat is because in order to get the same amount of folate or thiamine or, you know, whatever, B vitamins, you've got to eat four times as much heavy grains than you used to. So poor people trying to get the nutritional value are eating massive amounts of starch, gaining fat. Yes. So well, I'm not, I don't think I should call myself an insider of this. I will tell you that my, my boyfriend works in agriculture, agriculture tech. And one of the things that he talks about a lot that I've seen is that soil health is getting improved. Oh, okay. And that is a really good thing to know. And there, what that also means is that they're going to become less reliant upon antibiotics and 
industrial fertilizer and things like that. So it, it is, it is possible. But again, there are a lot of regulatory hurdles and it would take a lot of work to get everybody implementing these practices really rapidly, but it is technically possible. And if it's technically possible, then I'm going to be optimistic and I'm, I'm going to be like Mary and be like, yay. It's starting to happen here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not optimistic. I just think nothing ever happens and everything's fake. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. I hear you on that one. A form of optimism. Yeah, but (laughs) in a way, yeah. We're going to spin that for you. Well, okay. That's, 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 there's two biases. There's a normalcy bias and the optimism bias. Yeah. Normalcy is what you're saying. Nothing ever happens. It won't happen. And optimism is good things are going to happen. It can't be. That's too bad. Right? I, I skew optimistic. Uh, I don't, I don't know if, if, if optimism is the right way to look at it because, um, or pessimistic. I don't, it's like positive or negative. It's a thing that's happening. Yeah, I want to be realistic. But exactly. I'm, but part of my realism is acknowledging that I skew slightly optimistic. Yeah, there's the logic of it, which is a realistic thing or fantasy. And then there's the emotional aspect of it, which is optimism or pessimism. Yeah. And you can be a realistic optimist, which I seem I am. I'm acknowledging that foreign corporations are attempting to buy us out. They're, they're, they're squat, attempting to squander our... Our wealth, but I mean, that doesn't mean we can't change it. Seize control. Well, they want to make money, but so do I. So competing interests. Not too, not too crazy of a concept. I think we can work it out. To go back to the point I was saying about the, the, the food and fuel stuff is that I think if it really got to the point where in the U.S. we're in short supply for food and we're not in a position to do foreign aid and send food, food anywhere else, these other countries that are smaller – I don't think are as likely to internally implode. They might. Yeah. When there's no food and it's due to the corruption of your government, you get a revolution. Yep. When there's no food due to foreign war, the leader can rally you and say they're stealing our food. Then they can justify an invasion of a foreign country to get food, steal it from the neighbors. The U.S. being so large, though, I think the U.S. implodes. Small country, sure. Small state, sure. Big country, not so much. Well, we got Mexico. You think they're going to go to war with Mexico? I think... Maybe pillage them, unfortunately. Like uh, uh, California and Texas. There's not going to be California and Texas agreeing like, we need to, you know, go to Mexico and get food. And California and Texas are... Texas is going to be like, California's got the food. California's got all the food. California's going to leverage that against everybody in the country. We do have a lot of food. Oh, yeah. It's like a third, isn't it? We have a ton of food in the Central Valley. We don't have great water um, infrastructure. So that's a real problem. Colorado says, uh, probably not even just Colorado, but Arizona, Nevada, they say, we we want food. You want the water that comes from our states. Without, without a federal government enforcing these treaties, what do you do? Mm. Southern California exists only because of the Colorado, Colorado River water. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so if that gets cut off, bye-bye Los Angeles and San Diego. Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> then what they'll do is they'll divert Delta water. From, uh, the water from the Delta north of California to the south to compensate, which would turn, which w- it, w- it would uh, cause a massive influx of salt water into the Delta, killing all of the farms in the, in, in the, in the Bay Area. And if, it would. If only California's government had built water reservoirs 30 years ago, like everyone said they should. Yeah, we, well. We're known for a ton of horrible policies, but I promise you that we have more horrible policies that you guys have never heard of. It's, it's actually, it's, it's a giant, it's like a layer cake of failure. Oh yeah, man! The, the, they're rolling blackouts are coming. Yep. Uh, what are they doing? They're going to do water rationing soon. I yes. think. Fuel again, rationing again. This yeah. is a second or third water rationing since I've lived in California. Okay, oh, wow. I don't want to sound like a total idiot, bimbo, but like, 
You're like next to the ocean, right? Yes. So can't you just take the salt out? Yeah, there are desalination plants and it's doable. It's not very cost effective yet, yeah, but that technology is also like they're trying to improve it. And I'm sure that if we were in a real serious crunch and the dot, you know, was turned off, you would see that, you know, propel rapidly. I'm not, I'm not convinced California can make it. To be honest, um, I'm not sad about it. The level of corruption and mismanagement is so intense that I'm not convinced that in a real crisis, people would come together to solve it. Okay, so what if California collapses before Texas secedes? You think that might question? You think that might change people's attitudes about secession if they see, or just politics in general and the turmoil if they see? The, I think it might uh, exacerbate mm, the the issues. We're mm. the 11th largest economy in the world yeah. in California. And if that collapsed, that would be... Well, actually, you would feel that globally. Oh, yeah. There, there's your yeah. there's your global issue, Ian. You would see that like impact the there's, entire world. There's a, So in order to make the desalination plants work, you need a, a, you need a lot of energy. Yes. Where's the energy going to come from? I guess all those Subsidy? nuclear power plants we shut down. That's right. <laughs> what if they use the salt from the ocean to boil... To get the heat to produce the electricity to desalinate the ocean water to get more salt to boil, burn the salt. Yeah, they have these giant magnetic. They have thorium nuclear reactors where they heat up salt and melt it, and then it's thorium salts though. Not not just so that's something different. Okay, molten salt. What they'll do is take all these mirrors. They have these mirror rays, and they focus the the light at the center tower, which is containing salt. The salt melts. And then overnight, it stays molten, so it produces boils water and just massive yeah. amounts of steam power. They would have to build those. Yeah. yeah, I don't think California is functional enough to build those in a crisis. Gosh. Well, no, they got to start building them now. <laughs> exactly, and they're not going they to. Well, you have human feces all over the streets of several of their major cities. <laughs> they could you know, start Mary, did you know that San Francisco has a poo patrol? <laughs> oh, what? A what now? Poo, poo, what now? <laughs> they have a poo department. <laughs> what do well, they do? Well, okay, so like you know, what a fire department does right. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a fire, you call the fire department, they come out, put the fire out. Uh-huh. San Francisco has a poo department. Same you thing. Call like, hey, there's, there's poop. poop on the street, and yep. then they'll come Pooper out. <laughs> Pooper scooper. Yeah, poop I don't think they actually have sirens or anything, yeah. but they show like up. Like the people they... that pick up roadkill. Yeah. It's but job like creation. There's yeah. so there you go. <laughs> oh great. There's yeah. so much human feces all over the streets of San Francisco. They had to create a department. They need to hit it with lasers, dude, and turn it into graphene. It's carbon-based. Okay, well, Dr. Evil over here. Well, <laughs> but, but just reuse, recycle. But just think about desalina- desalination, mm. which they have They have one plant in Carlsbad, I think. I've been there. It was really cool to watch. Yeah. They just massive tubes, and they just force at really high pressure the water through these filters, which then purifies it, and then pump out all the brackish water back into the ocean. Local environment, uh, environmentalists are saying the, the, the brackish water – or it's, not, it's brine. is It goes down to the bottom – and kills all of the base level organisms, which wipes out the food chain straight up. I'm sure it does. Mm. So then we have to pick, which is a very uh, major dilemma for people who are very far left and progressive. What matters more, human life or ocean life? Mm. And then we have to also pick on our energy, which uh, everyone hates. What matters more, turning off our power and having rolling blackouts and all of that or providing drinking water? If you took away luxury and security from the United States, you would have no leftists. <laughs> so I've said this for a really long time, and I gathered this by watching TikTok. Not to the extent that you do, Mary. Thankfully, thank God. <laughs> I got banned. I don't <laughs> yeah, watch I know TikTok you did. Now. Yeah, you can't watch it anymore. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. They're stealing our information. But I <laughs> figured that if we got rid of free time, we'd be good. We'd be fine. No more free time. None of these teachers with blue hair talking about their weird genders and confusing people with pronouns. All of that would be gone. We'd just be focused on our work. It would be fine. 
that's my two cents. That's like the simplest I, I disagree. method I can see. We, How so? Because you'd have to erase a hundred years of technological advancement to get anywhere near that. Mm. And free time existed in a long time ago. We had tons of free time. It's just that it's the level of communication and the level of, uh, of hyper tribalization that's causing yeah. the, 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 here's what I'm saying with, with, uh, uh, you get rid of luxury and security. You have no leftists because when people have to think about survival, that's when they're like me and no one else and I'll do what it takes. So you're mentioning environmentalism. Yeah. They're going to decide humans. And they're going to decide so. themselves. I hope so. You, you're not going to have, I mean, you may have people at this point who are like starving and on the street crawling, being like, I will not eat the food. I really doubt it. They're going to be like, I will eat you. And then they'll kick your door in and they'll take your beans, you know? Yon- or you. Yonmi Park said starvation is like all you can think of is food when, of you're, course, in, yeah. when you're starving. She came from North Korea yeah. and fled the country. And said that she fled because she was starving, so she chose to be, go become a sex slave in China to get out. So she had food. Right. Yeah, she said that she was like sitting there looking at the lights and just thinking, like, I wonder if there's food there. People Eating would grasshoppers. be like laying on the side of the ground that had died from starvation, cannibalism. I mean, it's just total, total rampage. rampage. Yeah, I think that a lot of what we see in modern politics, particularly with feminism, is due to the fact that we are a bubble of security. Yeah. So if you think about evolutionary psychology and you go way, you go way back in time – like men were like we have to die to protect the women because the women are the ones who like create people yes so you know men would if you if you have 100 men and 100 women and 99 men die you your society survives because the women can have kids but if 99 women die you're done one woman could not sustain a population boy that's some interesting implications in that in well that yeah this, it's it's the root it's the root of a lot of uh, um the, the gender roles if you look yeah. at is it, it's it's look I'm not making this up this is just like academic gender uh, evolutionary psychology and so what happens is gender roles emerged from that you take a bunch of nomadic humans and they would fortify the women yeah. because those that didn't ceased to exist right and those that did thrived the men would go out and hunt big game and bring back, bring back fish or, or protein. The women would, would you know, gather and, and keep food and, and, and protect the family and raise keep the kids. Keep the home. Keep the home. Literally. And then yeah. a bunch of the guys would die on the hunt or in war. Yep. But the women would survive and have kids. So that an, ends up with, you know, in Europe with the escalation of, of warfare between nations, the women are staying in the home to be protected and the men are going out and doing work. And then you build a society based on those ideas and you get traditional gender roles. So I'm not saying those are good things. I'm just saying that's that's the the, the common uh, the idea stark about what human reality of our biological conditions. Yeah. So we end up with this safety bubble and luxury bubble. We produce all this oil and energy, and now we have people who can gorge themselves and not have to do any work. I mean, come on, let's be real. The people in New York City who work at like BuzzFeed, I always bring this up. Millennials. Oh, come on, let's talk about Washington Post. This, this woman who gets fired because she complaining about Dave Weigel, you know, making a, a sexist tweet, that could not exist 200 years ago. Seriously? I mean, maybe some of those ideas started to exist because we had technological advancements. But if you're like, we are being bombarded and a raiding party just stole the last of our chickens, you wouldn't be going like he said a naughty word. You'd be like, I'm dying and I need food. Yeah, it's, it's, it is first world problems. Right. Take away the first world. All that stuff goes away. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying I don't think the modern left could exist in I, – I kind of feel like if you took your modern leftist, forced them to work on a farm yeah. for a couple of weeks, they would really change their minds. Yeah. Unless they're like deeply rooted in their 
neuroses. Right. And then they would be like, I should be in charge of the farm and you should serve me. I mean, that's Which kind I'll of be- what parents do with bad kids when they send them off to wilderness survival camp. You know, some of them come back totally changed. But even that is so contrived and fake. Of, yeah. Like, I've been thinking about it recently, how, like, when people grew up on farms and they saw animals reproducing and giving birth and dying, uh, it would be impossible to have the level of confusion about gender and life and death that we have right now. Right. If it's, you it's, were watching that as a child, as you grew up, you would be immune to the propaganda insight. that we're getting inundated yeah, with is, today. Which is, which Braxton is why. McCoy was on the show saying that exact thing. Yeah. He, he was mm-hmm. he was raised around farm animals and had no, I mean, just knew from age four. He never had the birds and the bees talk. He never mm-hmm. had to because he always knew how sex worked. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it, was it Seamus, I think you mentioned? Someone asked him, how did people learn how to reproduce before sex ed or something like that? Was it Seamus who mentioned yeah, that? Somebody mentioned they had a friend who was like, how did we know about this? Watching animals. What? No, not watching animals. Like uh, yeah. all of human existence. Yeah. Just like I like that thing. I'm going to that person. I just rewatched like, Blue Lagoon recently. Am I canceled now? Because that was. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I won't even say why I would be canceled for that. But uh, they figured it out. They figured it out. And they had a baby. Two yeah. people stranded on an island uh, since they were children. Had it's like it's almost like their innate biological drives. Yes. And yes. that, like, a dude looks at a woman and goes. I would like to, you know, grab that woman. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yep, auga. That's exactly it, as the cartoons dictate. Like, how much free will do we have as a species? Because, like, you're saying, or you guys, this keeps coming up that, like, unless we're absolutely forced to change, like you're saying, California, if the power goes out, then you'll start to see people like pushing this technology. If they run out of water, they're going to start desalinating. How much of this is free will? Like, how much are we actually in control or like deciding to go against our instinct? How much of it is just it's free only will. when we need to do it are we going to do it? Well, it, it, it's it's free will, but there's a lot of people who don't exercise free will. Yeah. There's long-term thinking and short-term thinking. And I think you'll find among the, I guess, culture war right, whatever you want to call it, I always just say post-liberals, moderates, libertarians, and conservatives, mm-hmm. a tendency towards long-term thinking and delayed gratification. Yeah. And among the left, you get instant gratification and short-term thinking. High time preference. I'll give you a really good example. Short-term thinking. I'm seeing all of these memes pop up. It's crazy. I don't know why this meme is emergent on the left. And they're like, why don't we plant fruit trees in cities so that everyone can just eat fruit and not have to worry about where their food comes from? Why don't we just do the good thing so that the bad thing don't happen? Yeah. Do you guys know why we don't do uh, public fruit trees in big cities? So, well, there's a couple of reasons. You'll, you'll probably have more. One is the contaminants from the air actually make the, the plants poisonous. Two is it takes uh, sometimes toxic. Four, yeah. Four, four to seven years to, for a tree to bear fruit. That's true. And then the other thing is when we, when we transplant fruit bearing trees into cities, the fruit rots and then you get pests, insects, yeah. rats and pigeons and mm-hmm. then disease. Someone has to come and collect the fruit and be, and maintain the tree. Yep. Very there, it, It's, it's, it's this remarkably childish short term single layer thought yeah. that I keep seeing yeah. where they're like, imagine walking down the street and the trees had fruit on them. It's like, oh, and there's no <laughs> negative repercussions. Nothing else happens. No one's got to care for them. No one maintains them. The fruit is just there and it stays there until you're ready to eat it. That is the, that is the talk of someone who's never had a garden in their life. You know why? We, we grew tomatoes. You know what we did wrong? We planted them all at the same time. Mm. And you know what happens when you plant all your tomatoes at the same time? They all ripen at the exact yeah. moment. And then it's like, who wants to eat 300 tomatoes today? Yeah. Cause they go bad tomorrow. And so then someone was like, Tim, you need to plant them one week at a time. 
plant one a week later, plant one. Then you'll get seven. The next week you get seven. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. But the insects will swarm and eat them if you don't. Yeah, so we, we threw them to the chickens. We just started yeah. like, there you go, chickens. And then here's the best part. The chickens poop out the seeds and they grow again. Oh, nice. Circle That's of it. life. Yeah. Yeah, because the, 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 they'd poop wherever, and then all of a sudden we noticed tomato plants were yeah. growing, and we're like, oh, look at that. All right, well, that's kind of charming. It yeah. worked out. <laughs> well, that's that, that's how it's supposed to go. Yeah. I mean, but you, you, you look at the single-layer uh, short-term thinking, and that's exactly what – we've got more houses than homeless people. What's wrong with this society? We should just put homeless people in houses. And I'm like, who's going to maintain the house? Who's going to inspect the house? Who's going to check the electrical wiring of the house? Who is going to be paying attention to any of the rot or termites or any yep. of the problems in the houses? Yeah, you can't just put a homeless person in a mm. house. But they don't, they don't, these, these utopian thinkers, typically leftists, don't think beyond that. Well, the prosperity we have now that we're living off of came from the age of reason. And that is why I think leisure time is valuable and is necessary for human flourishing. But then now we're, sinking into the age of the will and anything is true if we will it well i think that has a lot to do with a with a lack of god and i don't mean like from an overt religious perspective i mean it from a people who don't believe that things exist beyond them or above, yeah. or, or or greater than them so mm-hmm. the people I, I feel like there's a tendency among people who believe i am nothing but a wet robot nothing matters yep to engage in more nihilistic thinking like Whatever feels good, I'm going to do. Yeah. But people don't want to believe that. It's to write a blank check for your bad behavior. It's. I wouldn't necessarily say bad behavior because that implies that they're like a morality. I think it's self-aggrandizing and selfish behavior. Carnal okay. behavior. Okay, yeah. carnal. I see, yeah. I see laziness and, and apathy and cowardliness also come out of that. Yeah. And that I think is... Is really disappointing. There's but something what, 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 about God, about knowing that the will is outside of you. At least I think it, my own will is not in my body. It's mm. a result of the collective will of conscience or whatever it is, the earth, the humans, the animals, all of it. But what, what, what did you mean? You said, you, you said people don't want to believe that? They don't want to believe that they're wet robots, that they're just like meat sacks with electricity. I well, think they do. I think some people do because I mean, it a, removes consequence from yes, your actions. It's but childish. That's not what people truly desire well they don't act that way it's just a cop-out for yeah. when they don't want to take I, responsibility I don't, I don't agree i think you guys are projecting tell me more well I, are, are you religious at all yeah i'm a christian oh, okay and you, you marry as well yeah i'm a catholic so uh your view in your mind is is like i think you're saying these people certainly could not truly believe this why would they want to feel that way mm. No, no. I mean, I I know many of these people. We had someone on the show who was like, I'm nothing but a wet robot. Nothing matters. Yeah, I think Sam Harris totally believes it. But I think that a lot of the people who adopt that worldview are not totally bought into it. And that it's just sort of an easy way for them to not confront personal responsibility. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Like atheism isn't on the rise as far as I know. It's just a religiosity that's on the rise. Nobody is dogmatic these days about being a an electrified meat sack like, like not, i don't think people feel strongly and are are animated by that belief i think they're the exception not the rule like there's yeah. a hand there's a handful you know the the amazing atheist and those types yeah i think uh i agree with you but i think it's be, it's it's you you don't need to be 
a, a zealous atheist going door to door and preaching the word of why there's no God to live in a world with no moral framework and believing your will yeah. be done. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll put it this way. A tendency among people who believe in a higher power is the higher power has a will over them. And a tendency among people who don't believe in a higher power, they believe that their will be done. Yeah. Or or a tendency towards. Which is an interesting paradox because a lot of the people who believe that they're meat robots don't believe in free will. That's true. It's that, a strange it's a strange paradox to live with. Yeah, maybe the I don't know. You know, I was thinking about this earlier and I'm not uh, uh like, I don't believe in any dogmatic theistic religion. Mm-hmm. I do believe in God. I do believe that there is something greater and beyond us, mm-hmm. be it simulation theory or just some purpose to the universe. Because I was thinking about, you know, I was playing a video game, and in the video game, you can choose to just die. I was playing Spelunky. You ever play Spelunky? You guys know Spelunky? Oh, I know Spelunky. Spelunky is amazing. Spelunky 2. It's a great game. And uh, it's a roguelike game. This is a game where you play... You collect items, you try to make it to the end, and if you die, you just start over, and it's a procedurally generated world that's always different. And I thought to myself, in this game that I am playing, I've come to points where I felt like I just didn't have enough items or ropes, or I didn't have the jetpack, and I'm like, meh, and I just jump my guy into spikes. Then the game starts over, and I try again. There was no consequence to ending my character's life. Right. But here in this world, there there's a massive consequence to doing it. And then I thought about that, and I was like, that makes me feel like there is a greater purpose, and there is something that matters to this universe beyond me. It is not just about me and being yeah. like, well, you know, my life wasn't good enough. I'm going to jump on this spike. And no, that'd be terrible. You'd have a massive wave of negative consequences yep. for everyone around you, those who depend, upon, uh, depend on you and rely on you. And then I'm like, so there just is easily, to me, something outside of me that matters, that my will is not the most important will in existence. Right. But I feel like people who don't see that are just like, I get what I want, and that's all that matters. Yep. And that's why you see people like, uh, in my opinion, Leah Thomas, the uh, the swimmer in the NCAA, yes. recently banned, I guess they're now banning Leah Thomas from swimming. And this is a person who has everyone saying, we don't want you a part of our event. Or I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people expressing that and being like, don't care, I'm happy. And I'm like, it's interesting. If it, if, if, if it were me, and I went to a skateboarding contest, and let's say it was a, a flip trick contest for which I'm particularly good. And they were like, bro, we can't hang with you. We'd prefer it if you didn't compete because you're just going to win. I'd be like, okay, no problem. I probably wouldn't win. I'm just saying if that was if that was the instance where I was like, you're too good at this, it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. I'd be like, all right, I'm out. I get it. But imagine being like, no, I'm better and I deserve it. I'm going to come in here and everyone has to watch me. Like, just aren't you like weirded out by that at all like doesn't that make you feel bad it's why so it's why as a libertarian like i really stress individualism i think it's so important but what we also need to stress with that is personal responsibility because individualism just run rampant without any any insight or but responsibility to other people yeah. you know not just like yourself right yeah that's where you lose me with with individualism because you don't have personal responsibility without connection to other people but you should as an individual, I'm, I'm an individual. I control everything that I do, but I'm not such a freak that I don't want to have other friends and think about how my actions affect other people and the people that I'm close to. And they, as responsible individuals, should feel the same way. And so I do believe that there is a strong sense of connection to other human beings through that. It's through personal responsibility and caring and also understanding that every human value has some sort of you know, unique intrinsic value to it. And sure, some people are more valuable than others, depending on how they contribute to the world and what they do to you. But I would say that we're all born, you know, screaming and naked into this world with still some little bit of intrinsic, unique value. 
I wonder where that comes from. You know, because I, 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 w- I was raised Christian, Catholic, and mm-hmm. I certainly feel like I don't know if, if there is going to be judgment or if it's just karma, mm-hmm. but it certainly feels like what you do matters. Yes. And that there's, I don't know, man. Because even the weight of the question, like, why do we feel like what we do matters? Yeah. But it There's does. a reason we yeah. feel that way. It does. At least. Like, like, what do you even think? if it's not true. You're not particularly religious, right, Ian? No, not, but, I don't follow. Like, but what about karma? I think it's definitely real. I was just studying, um, the phantom DNA experiment mm-hmm. last night. They bombard, they take DNA, they put it in a vacuum and they bombard it with uh, photons. And then they remove the DNA from the vacuum and the photons stay there for like two weeks as if the DNA is still there. Mm. I'm like, what's a ghost? Well, it's probably like, D- it's probably like photons that are still orbiting a, a, something that used to be there that doesn't know. It's still behaving feeling even maybe like when you look at these clouds of plasma on the way they move i mean maybe they're not intelligent but they definitely seem to be reacting to stimuli so so that i get you're you're, you're uh, alluding to some kind of spiritual after image yeah, or energy but, but your but magnetic I mean, field karma right? i think it exists within the magnetic field's behavior you but you but there, there's like how does how is how is that you're programming. I don't understand. If you if you if you do something mean to someone, how does something bad happen to you after the fact? You're programming your field or the field around you with that behavior, and okay. then that behavior is going to encourage you to continue with this programming. So you're saying like your intentions and actions emit an energy that has a reciprocal effect back. Yeah, on I don't world. know if emit energy is exactly the right word. You're, they seem to be spinning the reality in a way that becomes addictive, conducive, leaves a trace. All right. Yeah. That's why I, it's easier to do the same thing over and over again. I noticed that in my in my base that's life. That's very true. I feel like it would take a long time to break down point by point, like how you see it happening. But I think the simple answer is you believe that there is something that happens outside of your actions that will have an like your actions will have an impact. Yeah, in any matter. but I think it's the way you feel about your actions. I used to think about George Bush uh, Jr. War in Iraq. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, bad karma. He took us into the war. He's going to have bad karma, but he felt fine about it. As far as I can tell. So I think it's if you feel good about doing evil, you're going to have good karma. If you feel bad about doing good, you're going to have bad karma. That's interesting. because So I'm trying to compare that to how I feel about kind of something you touched on earlier, which is when you do something bad and then you do it again. And I don't know, I don't know if I agree with you on that, Ian, because I kind of feel like the way I've often described it is serving, serving uh, organization and, and order is – typically good and serving chaos and destruction is typically bad but not mm-hmm. always but tendency towards kind of like a yin yang kind of thing mm-hmm. and so i i kind of view the world like i i don't i don't know maybe like i was saying maybe it's because i i was raised christian but i i feel that if i wrong other people i will regret it like some yeah. there's a badness to it that will affect you in some way i don't believe in hell i don't think i'm going to be surrounded by ice or fire or be chewed in the mouth of the mm-hmm. devil himself or anything like that but i just kind of feel like I don't know, man. It just feels like when all this comes done, they're going to be like, you are a dick. I think it's and everyone good, knows it. A good person to ask is a soldier that killed in combat because if you're killing for the greater good for your country, you have good karma. I hope that good karma comes to you for doing that. I don't know. But in when they're judged, their soul is judged. I don't know. Maybe God will be like, well, you evil. You, I mean, you, you killed, I, therefore. But I don't think killing is but evil. But there are so many factors that go into evaluating an action like that. There's what the person thinks it was. Just following orders. Whether or not it was true, truly what they did. Uh, that That's their intent. And then there's the object of what they did, uh, which 
some people would argue is murder, but others would argue is defending your country. Yeah, because you could think you did it and mm-hmm. have the karma. And then there's the consequence. You. Like maybe you thought you killed someone, but you didn't. Or you have a simulation in your mind or something. No, like, like metaverse, some weird mind. A car well, crash happens and you think it was your fault. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you just mistook your action for some other action. Well, how does that relate to karma? If you feel guilty about something that wasn't technically your fault, you, you might. I just mean there I, are many I, factors that go into evaluating whether an action was good was or virtuous or to, um, to sort vicious. of wrap it all back. Well, I guess what I was trying to say is that I find a tendency among many of these leftists is that they don't have that fear. Correct. It, they they do not fear that their actions there will be any negative repercussions to them. That they can do what they please and it is what it is and it doesn't matter. The, it's a bit paralyzing to worry. Like I used to get into Jainism a little bit. This mm-hmm. religion where like you don't even step on grass because it's too destructive. Oh, like yeah. destroy nothing, leave no trace. And I'm like I can't. That is too. It's too. At some point you just got to get down with being destructive because it's a huge part of what we are. We eat. We kill and eat. It's, we destroy to consume, you know. I mean, I can I can tell you about that as as someone who was vegan for fifteen years. Um, part of it is neuroticism. I was I I abhorred violence. I think I was, un, I was, I was strangely violent as a as a female child. I think I, w- I was very violent. I grew up in a very conservative home. Whatever you know, I was the only girl in the neighborhood, and I had sort of a reaction to my own violent behavior. And I was very committed to nonviolence, but it did get to a point for me with Crohn's disease where I had to make a literal life and death decision, and I had to get over my neuroses and change my diet because I could eat nothing else. Um, and that's, I think, a lot of environmentalists and Janus and people like that have that incredible. Uh, guilt associated with it and paranoia and neuroses, which is interesting with the implications that Tim raised of basically kind of, it's almost like they don't have a conscience in these certain respects because a lot of them also behave in this very um, compartmentalized, nonviolent way towards animals and environmentalism. But it almost makes me think maybe some of it is self-hatred and, and self-loathing. I think it's, I, I want to be, I want to be careful too, because I don't think it's absolute when I say like leftist. I'm not trying sure. to say like literally every person on the left thinks this. I just say there's a tendency towards. Yeah. I certainly think, um, you've got people who claim to be conservative and religious who are just really bad people, of course. Yeah. But I think, you know, typically what, what, what I, what I'm referring to in this is not the fringes. It's the, the mainstream. Among the mainstream, estab- like mainstream and establishment left, I question the morality of these personalities who don't seem to have one. Yes. When they'll say stop and frisk is bad, red flag laws are good. Yes. It's uh, why is stop and frisk bad? Well, because they 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 directed it at black people. Do you think they're not going to do that with red flag laws? I tweeted. I'll tell you this. I tweeted this earlier. I said trans people are are uh, have have higher suicide rates, and the left has a higher in, uh, tendency towards mental illness. Red flag laws, by that logic, will disproportionately affect the left. Yes. And um, the tennis player, Marina Lavatarova, how do you pronounce her name? Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. Tweeted at me some really nasty thing, and she was just like, you know, do you, do you, were you, are you naturally an asshole, or do you have to, did you have to try really hard? Where did you come up with this BS statistic, the left mental illness? I know where you, and PA voter fraud, which is weird because I didn't tweet about and then she was like, I know where the real mental illness is. It's in this delusion. And it was like this really nasty thing. And I was just like, okay. Went on Google, typed in liberal mental illness, and then just started screen grabbing all <laughs> of the go. things that came up because they do. She ended up taking the tweet down and saying, I apologize. But that's the example. High profile, prominent individuals who are angry, arrogant, and use their ignorance for influence, or they use their ignorance, in their ignorance, they influence. 
not even an effort to Google search it. Hubris and laziness. Yes. And that is driving one fact, one, a large portion of the political debate. Well, I mean, you've got the postmodern education system telling people that truth is relative, it's objective, it's whatever you embrace. So why would they go and Google and search for the truth? You know, we have people like AOC saying that that the truth isn't as important. I'm going to butcher her quote. Um, that it doesn't it doesn't matter you know like it, is, it doesn't matter if in your heart matters if you're factually correct it matters if you're morally correct correct there's that saying that ignorance is bliss that it goes way back yeah and it i think a lot of these people are living in a state of ignorant bliss the american dream for instance if you do your best you can get a house with a picket like yo we've been enslaving the world with our economic opec oil money for like 70 years it's not natural to have this kind of luxury. Wake up, shatter yourself out of the out of the ignorant haze and look at the information. It's not pleasant, but it has to happen. Ian, we went into the garden. It's, it's, we have like a strip of wood chips. Yeah. And uh, some some grass started to sprout and uh, nobody weeded it. And it okay. turns out it was wheat. And then once it clearly was wheat, I was like, hey, look, wheat is growing. Let's leave it. And then once it dried out and mm-hmm. like was ready, we started eating and I started pulling it. And it took like a half an hour to get like a fourth of a cup of, you know, wheat grains or whatever. That's not exactly. And I was like, this is too much work. Little red hen. <laughs> I don't want to do this. There's a Russia joke in here somewhere. I can't quite find it. The, the, the point though is uh, we were laughing at how difficult it was to by hand try and yeah. pull the, pull the grains. And then we have a mortar and pestle, and I was out the other day. I was mashing it, and I'm like, "This is nuts!" So I, we have a blender, and I threw the uh, the wheat into the blender on a low speed, mm-hmm. and it instantly pulled everything apart. And then you blow on it, and all the husk blows away. Yeah. And I was like, "That took ten seconds." The blender. Thank you, science. Yes. But but imagine if your entire day was dominated by just if I'm gonna live, I gotta do this. And you had no free time because you're just mashing grains I and then eating. I see how it would be rewarding because there's purpose in it. Like if there was a big city of us and I had to be the guy that made the bread, I'm, I'm fucking down, man. Like I, 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 it feels rewarding to give and to know that people are going to survive because of my work, whatever it is. More so than like, you know, hitting level ninety in Skyrim because no one. Although it takes many, many more hours and it's more fun. Some you could even say it's not rewarding. Yeah. Like I turn the game off and it's not. No one is eating healthy now. It's a dopamine hit, but it's not. Tim, Tim, you say that would allow for no free time, but I think with that repetitive action, if that were the defining action of your life, it would end up being uh, more of a meditative practice. And people don't do that anymore because thinking makes them sad. But also, you'd be like Ian and I were hanging out. Right. And we're working on this thing together. Yeah, I'd there's see community. You'd be like, oh, you're good at that. I'd see how you were doing it a little no, different, no. and then I'd start to change mine, and then we'd... Not, not just that. Friendly I would, competition. I would, I would be... You'd, you'd be you'd be handing me the wheat grains and be mashing them, and I'd be like, oh, you see that bear that came over the other day? And you know, it's like, you're like, I'm making a very bad hand. You're removing yourself from the, the object of what you're doing, and you get yeah, it's to repetitive. build community, and also, if you're doing it alone... It becomes a meditative practice I have yourself. A, I have a friend who moved from L.A. out to a farm in the middle of America. He says it's the most rewarding thing he's ever done in his life. I don't know if I'd feel that way, but some people are deeply satisfied. Chickens are a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not big on, like, working to work. Like, running. I, some people run just yeah. to run, and I'm, I'm not into that. I like to run to get somewhere, and I like to do it really well. So if I'm making food because people need it, 
that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we are in the dystopian future where we have all this luxury. And so what do you do? You sit around all day, you play video games, you go to the grocery store, there's your 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 spice your flaming hot Cheetos and your Mountain Dew. And it's just there and it's like not that hard to get. You don't got to do that much work to live this well. It's crazy. You have people who come from South America, Central America to come to America and come to the United States and work for like 10 bucks an hour at like a fast food restaurant. Yeah. And you ask them why and they're like, I'm going to get 400 bucks this month, this week. Man, I was making like 40 bucks a week back home. Wow. I'll be able to save up and buy a gallon of milk. And then, you know, Americans look at that like, that's, that's crazy. Right. Like you're not getting paid enough. The rest of the world looks at it like, wow. Yeah. All you got to do is flip a burger and you can eat a burger. <laughs> that's crazy. It is wild. When I, when I worked in restaurants when I was in college, the dishwashers who were Latin, Latin American, always worked two full-time jobs and they would get off of the shift wherever I was at and go to their other job. And we were all like, had our minds blown by that. And they were like, well, of course I work 16 hour days. Why, why wouldn't I work to stay alive and send money to my family? Which just, it's a completely different paradigm. We just can't even relate to it. Yeah. What do we have with, with, the, with millennials, man? Ooh, millennials are like, the government should give me free stuff. I know. And I, and, I should sit around reading Harry Potter and the Handmaid's Tale and get money for and it. And a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them live in quote unquote poverty, according to them. But what really is they have a smartphone, they have Netflix, they're in a studio apartment and they're on unemployment and they're on food stamps or whatever, but they're still getting groceries from the regular grocery store. And it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, if that's the baseline. We've got yeah. this weird phenomenon in the U.S. and around the world, too, where you can make money off of money that you already have, investing, yeah. banking. So, like, the people that come here to work 16 hours, they don't think – it's not about, I can't wait to invest money. When you have these Americans that are like, I'm going to get rich one day and invest right. in my 401K and then I don't have to work anymore. Well, Like, dude, you work until the day you die, my man. Yeah, I don't know how that 401K is doing now. Yeah. But let's preserve it. Come on, man. Let's preserve as much luxury as possible. That's what I'm thinking because it's spreading around the world. People, countries want, people want, they want to sit in air conditioning. They want running water. They want prosperity. They want fresh showers. They want good food. So why don't we have it for everyone? But I I think it's fair to say clean water and air conditioning isn't necessarily luxury. Climate control saves lives. When the AC goes out, people die. It's luxurious in a sense. I get it. I don't want to downplay that you don't need Older people do. When you have a heat wave, you see a lot of older people and a lot of babies die. Because we're not used to living that way either. Right. So there are some things where it's like, okay, I think the double quarter pounder with extra, you know, sauce and a super fry and a liter of cola, maybe a little bit too much, huh? Living off of that. Certainly, I think there's a lot of luxuries. Simpler life, in my opinion, is is helpful to a lot of people. Uh, But you know what? I'm not necessarily... I'm not, I'm not saying that luxury is bad and, and it shouldn't be allowed. I'm saying there are some people who take it to a dark place. Yeah. Certainly there are people who work really, really hard to earn their luxuries and are grateful. And there are many people who meditate on or pray on the gifts they receive. And there are a lot of people who demand they get more no matter how much they have. Okay. That's greedy. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's necessarily a person or another person that's like, this guy's greedy, that guy's not, but people can, they can phase in and out of greed. Mm-hmm. Due to external circumstances being, you know, that's up for debate. That would take an hour to even talk about. Anyway, the, the whole point of that whole conversation, I guess, was that I think part of what the conflict is in this country is there are people who think they should get things from you or from the government. Or like when we had this progressive on, he was, and he kept saying the government should pay for it. The government should pay for it. And I'm like, that comes from the taxpayer. And he's like, no, it doesn't. Dude, there's yes. people that 
Oh, what were you going to say? It's that comes from me. There's you people, specifically. You're the you're the person with all the money, and the government has to come to you for loans. There's people that think that electricity is not a luxury. Those, those people are the problem. That that state of mind is the problem. You give thanks to the running water when you have it. And the last elect- thing I'll say: just pull your kids out of public school. Yes, pull pull them homeschool out. your kids. All right, let's read some super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member over at TimCast.com to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the show. We're going to have one up for you at about 11 p.m. And uh, share the show with your friends. All right. Jeff C. says Pork Fest is happening now. Oh, is it? Yeah, this week. Oh, cool. That's where all the all the anarchists... Go up to New Hampshire and then fire flamethrowers and stuff, right? That and the cool. Libertarians. Boy. And the Libertarians. There will be a Mises tent. Ah, yes. All right. Uh-oh. What's this? Audrey Daniel says, Danielle, why is Mises so bigoted and transphobic? Join the LPPA, lppa.org, help free Philly, don't tread on philly.com, and don't tread Philly on Twitter. Is Mises bigoted and transphobic? That's hilarious because <laughs> she's uh, one of our "quote unquote" token trans members. She's oh, she's, she's joking. Oh, okay, Great. it's a joke. <laughs> she got she got an award from us actually for her. Oh, okay, for her "Don't Tread on Philly" activism. <laughs> awesome. She's well, fantastic. All right, Matthew Lucas says, Angela, tell Tim why he should come to LPVW convention next year. WV. WV. Sorry. Yeah, well, West Virginia. I did get to pet a porcupine and shoot machine guns in the oh, snow yeah. at their oh. state convention. It was actually incredibly based. And, <laughs> and they had Someone clip that. And they had no infighting. Their convention was delightful. If, if they get large quantities of uh, Dragon's Breath 12-gauge, you know, okay. for that. You ever see that? I don't it's know. It's just what? like a shotgun full of magnesium, so it just like sprays oh, sparks. Wow. I'm sure they could. They have everything. Oh. They, they, they had, Excellent. I think they had cannons. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll I'll bring out my uh, my Barrett M82 and you know we'll uh, hit stuff with it on the range safely of course. Oh yeah. All right, let's grab some more super charts. C. Davis says I'm afraid if we don't do something soon, there may not be anything left to save. You can't do this many things wrong to the country on accident. I gotta wonder about that too. Like that's what I was making the point about. The, the swattings we've dealt with and the threats. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, people just lose confidence in law enforcement when they're like, how does this keep happening? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why you got to get your own gun. I oh, yeah, man. I don't trust the law enforcement at all to do anything. Even though, and I've, I know a few ex-police officers who are libertarian and pretty nice guys, um, but they're the exception, not the rule. It's just, it's bureaucracy, but with guns. There's a, I posted this, this video I saw on Reddit. It was a couple, I think, Norwegian young men were shot multiple times by some random dudes and they called their version of 911 and the lady didn't believe him. He was like, help, we're dying, my friend's dying. And she was like, what happened? And he's like, they shot me and where? He's like, my shoulder, my stomach and my head. And she goes, if you were shot in the head, how are you talking? It's like, wow. They stepped, I was at a shooting at a Thai restaurant in Hollywood. They stepped over my waitress slash friend as she was dying and walked into the restaurant looking around, just stepped right over her body. Brutal, man. Brutal. All right. Michael Fernando Melo says, Loving the show, Tim Cast Crew. The Libertarian Party is in good hands with Angela, Dave Smith, and the rest of the Mises Caucus. Is Dave running for president? He hasn't announced officially that he is running for president. He just keeps talking about what he would do if he was officially (laughs) running for president. (laughs) Michael Malice, press secretary. Oh, man. That would be the best. That might become a thing. I hope so. 
I hope so. Yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, what are your plans with the party in the short term? Well, we've been doing some aggressive overhaul of our messaging, strategic planning, putting together, I don't know, actual plans for our long-term and short-term future, trying to rework how we uh, tackle ballot access things. You know, I'd like to see us do more lobbying instead of petitioning. Uh, we're just basically, it's a it's a 50-year startup that I'm coming in, basically, like it's a startup. Wow. It's it's a lot of work, and it is awesome, and I love it. All right. Jay Bobier says, hey, Tim, longtime listener, do you think that the Republicans, if they gained the presidency in Congress in 2024, could use the Communist Control Act of 1954? No. But what do you think? No. I don't think so. Um, cultural enforcement is more powerful than law. Absolutely, at this point. So um, Josie, the redhead li- redheaded libertarian, often points out that the 1964 Civil Rights Act excludes communists from civil rights protections. Did you know that? I don't. Be- I don't believe I picked up on that. I'm like, was that amended? Did they change that? Because it's in there. I read it. The 1964 Civil Rights Act says, like, this bill will not be construed to protect those who are communists or members of communist organizations or something like that. When was McCarthyism over? Don't know. Okay. Probably the day he died. When did he die? No, I mean, no, no, no. there like, were policies the, like that in place. The Red Scare. Interesting. Yeah. Joseph Von Wagner says, be based. Join the LP at LP.org. Oh, well, there you go. Ryan's reaction says, I was here before the Civil War. Hi, Mom. Well, all right. All right. Sharkbite Biz says, special shout out. Special shout out to Angela from David Strasser. Angela will be shark bite, uh, Angela will be shark bite biz season four finale next Monday on YouTube and rumble. Keep up the good work. Angela rock on. We need more people like you. Yeah. He's really awesome, dude. Looking You're going on. The, what, what is it? I'm going on his podcast next week. Oh, cool. We discuss, we, it's less libertarian politics and more about policy and industry and how government, you know, ruins those things for us all. All right. Travis Bost says the LP of the Eastern Panhandle would love a shout out or even a visit meeting this Wednesday at the Ladder House in Martinsburg and also our LPEP convention on 716 this Wednesday. Unfortunately for me, I work 16 hour days. And then this weekend, we're going to New York for the Festival of Minds Festival. It's Festival of Minds. Festival.minds.com. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Hope to see you. Mine's Festival there. of Ideas. Festival Ideas. There you go. Check it out. Festival of Minds. Festival Ideas in New York City is going to be epic. Tulsi Gabbard, James O'Keefe, me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Was it festival.minds.com? That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we got a whole bunch of people saying Dave Smith 2024. Jake Moore says, Hey, Angela McArdle, you the real MVP. Can't wait to see you what, see what our party will become under your leadership. Also, Dave Smith 2024. It's happening. It is happening. It's happening. Unofficially. <laughs> unofficially because no exploratory committee has been launched yet to my knowledge so oh, it is okay. unofficially happening well all right all right i look forward to it that'll be fun and then as soon as we pulled up the um then we have a bunch of super chats because as soon as we pulled up the one uh display on the screen it shut the mics off so there's a bunch of people saying no audio no oh, of course thanks for the super chats telling us there was no audio all right Dark Horizon says it's really funny to see everyone's faces react to what Tim is saying when nobody on stream can hear Tim. Can I wonder what that was like. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can watch it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna... It's going to be two minutes, I think, of dead air. So maybe we'll have to. I don't think we can do anything about that. I'll see what I can do. I don't think I'm so. I fix it. I don't. I don't think so. Well, we started reading it again, so I'm yeah. probably for the podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and take it out for the podcast version. I don't think YouTube yeah. allows you to trim stuff. They do. 
It takes a really, really long time to process the podcast. As on on the live stream, they allow done it? it before. Yep. Really? Because mm-hmm. yep. I know we had that problem before where they were like, we couldn't take it out of the, the live stream version. Yeah, we, Only had, the, we had to stream something one time and we made it happen. It just took hours. It took forever. Oh, yeah. It takes like three it days. It takes a long time, yeah. <laughs> Michael Heiss says, Tim, would you support a Dave Smith candidacy for president with Michael Malice as press secretary? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, the the challenge here is always the, the 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 practical versus the the realistic versus the idealistic. Yeah, yeah. If Trump was running against some awful Democrat, I'm like Trump's not that bad. However, um, if Dave Smith's running, then I would like to see a Dave Smith presidency with a Michael Malice press secretary. So I would like to see it. I would I, I would support that to a great deal. I want I want to be promoting that. From the Libertarian Party. I want you to go to LP.org and you just see that everywhere. I just want that. That's going to be so good. I want to see Michael Malice sitting down with like, I don't know, meet the press. Yes. Yes. It's going to be so amazing. I want to see him on Good Morning America. Yes. Joy Behar on The View. Mm-hmm. That's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. What the are they going to do? They like, they have to. It's the LP. It's like big enough to where they have to cover it. They will cover it. Dude, Dave Smith's the only one talking about Yemen, man, and what a, what a horrific atrocity is, is passively being caused there by the American We government. are about to launch an awareness campaign through the National Libertarian Party on, on Yemen. We're also going to be doing something on inflation and Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. Yemen is coming up this week. Gonfall says, I do not want a civil war, but these Democrats have been suppressing us, our opinions, our thoughts. They hate us. They want us gone. They do not share our American culture and morals any longer. People tend to rebel. But they're not American, dude. Don't get surprised. This is what I, what's funny when, like, you hear them say all the time, like, our democracy is in danger. And I'm like, no, they mean it. They do. They mean their democracy, not right. our constitutional republic. Right. They've been building their democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. And the democracy is threatening our constitutional republic. And so we are like, that's bad. And their democracy is losing. And so they're like, our democracy. Democracy is... Two wolves and a sheep voting on who's for dinner. I hate democracy. You can, you can quote me on that, everyone. Oh, Libertarian yeah. Party, not a fan of democracy. A republic is a well-armed sheep contesting the vote. That's right. All right. Joseph Von Wagner says, uh, live in PA, be based, and join the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania now at lppa.org. Look at all these ads for the Libertarian Party right? popping up throughout this. The Pennsylvania Party is incredibly based. Yeah. They are really good. Love them. All right. Joshua Clark says the most basic question is not what is best, but who should decide what is best. Dr. Sowell, libertarians believe you should decide what's best for your life. Join us if you believe in all freedom for all people. LP.org. Did everybody just shout out LP.org? <laughs> I, I thought we were going to get a lot more shout outs for the Mises Caucus. Rude. Corey Tallman says the Republicans sold you out with red flag laws. The Democrats think the economy is doing great. The Libertarian Party is the only party that cares about freedom. And then join the LP.org and join the Mises Caucus. A lot of super chats here. Okay, there you go. Well, I will will tell you that that is true. And unfortunately, even Ron DeSantis has not got a good track record on red flag laws. So that is something I 1,000% oppose. 19 states already have it. You've got a bunch of Republicans signing on for gun control. The establishment is the establishment. The Uniparty is the Uniparty. The, the, The Trumpians may have got in. And made some big changes, but they resisted. They sabotaged Trump in a lot of ways. Yep. He made that mistake, man. All right. Let's 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 jump down and grab a bunch of Super Chats. Tim McDonough says, Ian, I'm glad you're back. I wanted to recommend a book called Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. It really changed my view on religion. 
It gave me permission to be a real man and a Christian. Jesus was a prankster and a gangster. Keep a pushing team. Oh, interesting. Nice. All right. Waffle Sensei says, We were victorious in the World War because we were half a globe away and didn't join the war until the very end. Now, the one target every other world power is, is, is watching to fall is America. We need to be, we need to all be smarter. Yeah, definitely, man. Jameson says, did you see Joe falling off his bike? Nice to see him finally learning, leaning right in something. Ha <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah, he fell because he was wearing, he had clips on, on the pedals. Mm-hmm. And so when he took his left foot out, he started to lean to his right, take his right foot out, but he got caught in the clip. Oh, that's because okay, it was way, it was weird to watch. Yeah. He stopped and then he just, boom. his foot got stuck in the Joe pedal Biden? Joe Biden. Biden. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. Did anyone rush to catch him? Oh, no. watched it happen. No. It was like the meme Just come to, to the life. Pavement? The bike yeah. meme. <laughs> the bike meme come to life. Oh, man. Mr. Obvious says, people keep saying that if the union shatters, it will cause a civil war. But if the union doesn't shatter, it will also, it, it will also cause a civil war. I fear that we cannot coexist at this point. Something has to give. Good observation. So over the past 12 years or 14 or 15 years, the country was split in two a long time ago, and they're getting so far away from each other, there's no bringing it back together. I'd rather take the risk and secede. Try to do it as peacefully as possible. You don't know till you try. Maybe maybe negotiations to some degree. I mean, what about just like heavy federalism in the states' yeah. rights and all that stuff? I would take it. I would Anything in that direction, I'd take it. Yeah. I fear that uh, it's not the direction. No, there's going. no point in fighting ourselves inward. It's multinational corp it's these mega corps that are trying to buy the world that is the issue to focus on hmm. remember settle for biden remember that being a thing i'd settle for federalism <laughs> yeah. kane the fourth says tim's ad runs are hilarious elon has a dispute with texas uh, elon has a dispute with texas lawyers tim you know where i like to get my meat so we we have ads that appear in the podcast, and some people point out that there's like some it just jumps to the ad sometimes. So like, <laughs> it, you know, it'll be funny. It'll be me saying something like, "There's a major lawsuit happening right now with Elon Musk, and I purchased my meat from Moinkbox.com." <laughs> I think it's free fun. shout out. Yeah, free shout out, guys. Uh, Clayton Pajunas said, "I'm a Mises Caucus member and the Libertarian candidate for Congress in NJ07. I decided to be the change I want to see. Check out ClaytonForCongress.com. There you go. I would love to see some libertarians win congressional seats. So we're going we to work, make that happen. We're working on that. But the way that it's got to really play out is we've got to make that a long-term goal. We've got to focus on winning local elections right now. You still got to run people at the national level because that, that's how you get the name recognition. But the the bulk of our attention needs to be on localization and grassroots so that we can stack political capital, gain experience, and then start moving up. Is that, there any value yeah. to politicians that are already in office switching their party? Yeah. And one of the things that I'd like to do is try to convince people to switch on their last term, whether they're terming themselves out or they're moving on to something else. Like if you could switch their last six months to libertarian, I think that would be really good for us. All right. David Robinson says, those saying civil war will never happen have normalcy bias. Those who think it will have, quote, when will something interesting happen by us? <laughs> when are you guys having Justin Amash on? I was very critical of him uh, several years ago, but I'm definitely interesting. Uh, I'm definitely interested in, in having him on to, to, to talk about all this stuff because I don't even remember what the issues were several years ago. It was something about him coming out and just impeding Trump and a bunch of stuff like that. Really good insight on being a congressman. He can provide that. A little bit of uh, the TDS. 
right. there. Yeah. But, yeah, but that was, still that worth was basically it. it. Yeah. Still worth the conversation. I, I, I think the issue was, and it's been a long time that I didn't feel it was genuine, that it was just like TDS. Now I'm going to be a libertarian because, and I'm like, oh man, I don't know about that. But I'm, I'm, you know, we, like I was critical of Thomas Massey and he turned out to be right. So I'll eat that one. And then we had him on the show and he was fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. What do we got? Prince Namor says Jaws. Oh, hey, Jaws is 47 years old today. Happy birthday, Jaws. Oh, happy birthday, Jaws. Happy oh. birthday, Jaws. Ha- happy birthday to my friend Gary's son, whose name I can't remember. It's his <laughs> oh, birthday. Oh, Gary's nice. son. Clint Torres says, Mary, so miss watching y'all live, but I'm out of the country on business, trying to keep up, but it's not the same. Happy to see you here, though. Love everything, Timcast. Oh, I appreciate it. He makes it rain on pop culture crisis <laughs> yeah. all the time. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, for those that don't know, on Pop Culture Crisis, it's live, what, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m.? Yeah, 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time if you're on Angela's side of the country. If you super chat, money guns <laughs> fire money Very distracting. Ooh. And then after like 100 bucks or something, the sirens go off and then it makes it rain and it's like... <laughs> And sprays it's everybody a with money. Party. A yeah. crisis party. I'm going to tell. We have fun over there. I'm going to tell all the libertarians to start super chatting. That they're oh, going to yeah. love that. Shameless yeah, like, plug. Go liber- subscribe to Pop Culture Crisis you on YouTube Dude, right now. I was now. on it last week. Was yeah. it last? Was the week before last? We talked about Ezra Klein. Ezra, Klein? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Ezra, Miller. <laughs> Ezra Klein is a different <laughs> guy. Different guy. I don't know a lot of Ezra's. Better than Ezra. Yeah, Dude, that story was nuts. It, it, it got crazier. Ezra oh Miller. Gosh. This story is insane. I, yeah. Watch the show, but we didn't. We, we talked about, about it today. Later. Actually, it so never weird. ends. My gosh. But like. Uh, Ian got sprayed with money and it went his coffee. Yeah, one of the bills <laughs> yeah. flew through the, the air and then went yeah. right in. Yeah. So there's like a meter that fills up and once it once it hits, it's like... Yeah, we got a crisis just, meter. We're just yeah. chickens. We were talking about it and people were like, what if Timcast IRL did something? And I was like, we're like a serious primetime right. show. It'd be like really weird if we were spraying money guns at each other. <laughs> Although we have before. Yeah, it's definitely lighter material than what you get on IRL. So, That's the point. You know, if, if talking about pop culture also like makes you feel like you're losing your mind a little bit, then I think it's some place that you can feel like you're normal. Yeah. It, it makes us go crazy, too. It I does. Know. I'm someone that completely avoids it, but being able to talk about it, people that know what they're talking about is really invigorating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want a money gun. I'm really into this. Oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're cheap. Okay. <laughs> All right, 2076 says, watching live at Porkfest. Looking forward to tomorrow, 3 p.m. We have a panel on secession. Live free and thrive. NP- LPNH was the first state to vote on secession. Article 10 at New Hampshire Constitution. There wow. you go. Yeah, and New Hampshire is doing incredible work. I got the the Free State Project and the Libertarian Party used to be at odds. Really? Uh, well, I mean, I've I've disclosed a little bit that their their wokeism had infiltrated the LP mm-hmm. and so as that has been on its way out, uh now the Libertarian Party and Free State Project are best friends again as they should be. Cool. All right. Nightmare Ghostify says, Tim, I moved to Austin, Texas this year from another Texas city. Companies are moving people from Cali and the cult types are coming with them. That's city urban liberal types. They, they still think blue, no matter who, no questioning dem failures. Oof. Yeah. So when people were like, go to Texas, I was like, I don't know about that. Oh, well, it could end up flipping blue. I really hope not because that is. Imagine being in Terrifying. Texas and it flipped blue and you're like, I built a business here and moved from California. Uh, oh, I, I would have another worldview imploding. But the Rio Grande Valley, man, looking at uh, you know, what's happening with the Hispanic community, voting Republican, yep. I think it's actually probably pulling the other direction. Yeah. Plus with uh, people you know, like, like Joe Rogan or Michael Malice moving down there, 
I think it's it's going to be red. I'm moving down there in a couple months. There you go. What's the libertarian? The libertarian party is yellow, right? Yeah, gold. Uh, gold. gold. There you go. Gold and black. Yep. Those are my is high really school colors. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if we're in a simulation, which we might be, those are my high school colors. <laughs> I think there's something to it. My problem with libertarianism is that the freedom idea of freedom, I feel like we've created kind of a prison that we live within that protects us to be free within the prison. And without the external prison force of the U.S. military, uh-huh. we're not, we might think we're free, but if the bombs start dropping, no one will, will protect us. Cut those prison bars, Ian. Come over to freedom. Um, <laughs> I, I, I totally understand people's concerns about military might and foreign empires. I don't think that military defense would collapse if we were more libertarian. I think we would just bring our troops home so that we wouldn't have entangling alliances all over the world. And we would probably have a much more robust defense system. What about the problem when if you're fortified and entrenched in one area that everyone knows where you are, they can organize around you and coordinate an attack? Well, we still have nuclear power. We don't. No one wants to see nuclear world war. That would be horrible. Yep. A, an armed society is a polite society, and that that means goes the same globally. Oh yeah. Synthetic greed says, "Hey Tim, I was wondering if the event you are going to on the twenty fifth will have any sort of recording or VOD available. Love you guys and keep up the great work." Uh, was it festival.minds.com? That's it. There are streaming tickets, I believe. Yeah, right? you can watch it live. Actually, I believe. Yeah, that'll be fun. Y'all should come out if you can in New York because we're going to be in New York City, and it's a it's a big theater. It's going to be massive. This is this is crazy. I can't believe it. It's at the Beacon. And, yeah, it's at the Beacon, and it's a it's a it's not just it's a mix of like left and right. You know, it's like there's actually a free ticket request form for people that are in New York City or close to the area on uh, it's at festival.minds.com. I mean, we are packing this place, so get a ticket. I know times have been hard for a lot of people financially, which is like we, uh, Bill had booked the event before COVID, like a year right. before COVID. And then COVID was like, hello economy. And so now people are like, yeah, I don't know. 75 bucks is yeah. a lot to go to New York city to get a hotel, but they're free ticket request form too. So check out this free ticket request form at festival.minds.com. All right. Mina, me Snowen says this is civil war collapse, the death of God, loss of faith in man, culture, God, etc. And many things recurring at once, setting the stage for what's to come. My philosophy website, bezabazar.com. Yeah, you know, looking at the food crisis, the fuel crisis, the Ukraine-Russia war and civil war, I'm like, everything's sort of happening all at once. It's it's yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once. I worry about... that movie? <laughs> no, I didn't. That was a good movie. I heard bad things about it, I actually. loved it. It was... It was it, I thought it was good. But anyway, it's like all of this is happening all at the same time. And it feels like the end result is going to be from the ashes of the old, we will build anew. Yeah, I worry about a rise in fervent nationalism because that is not going to be a long-term solution because that is not good for private industry either and it's not good for individual rights. Yeah, that's what happened in in Hitler's Germany is the nationalist psychopathy took over. They came in and took over. There was all the quote-unquote degeneracy and you know people not having jobs and civil unrest, discontent, started blaming certain people. Not a good scene. David C. Cronk Sr. says, I love it. Tim says, where do you get the energy? Ian basically replies, just build a perpetual motion machine. Love you guys. Hey, fusion's not perpetual motion. You're it's like, just well, really we'll extract slow. the salt from the water to create the energy to extract the salt yeah. from the water. <laughs> well, in addition to sunlight, which is bouncing off the uh, the mirrors. That's true. That's true. All right. Ari Jacobson says, I... A-U-E-D, Lorenz, New York Times for... Oh, sued. It's the typo. I sued Lorenz, New York Times for defamation. I'm a woman, not rich, not famous, not white, not guilty of the crimes Taylor published. 
If my case is dismissed, MSM darlings keep lying with impunity. Truth matters. Hold them accountable, Tim. So that's at Little Miss Jacob. I'm going to write that down. I want to take a look at that. Yeah, good luck with your lawsuit. I am writing. Writing. I'll write that down. And I'll take a look. Little Little Miss Jacob. At, is it on Twitter, I'm assuming? Must I'll be. She defamed you? Interesting. Oh, there, there's the correction. I sued Taylor Lorenz in the New York Times for defamation. I would love to hear about that. Looking that up right now. All right. The Happy Holistic says, Tim, I have a new anti-woke sitcom script for you or Daily Wire called The Whites. Script for pilot is available on Amazon. Uh, wrecked by your former guest, Dave uh, Riaboy. Contact info is on Amazon page. I love that. We have a, we have a joke. I'm going to spoil it, but we were talking with uh, Jamie Kilstein, who's going to be helping put together the jokes for the vlog. And he's, his, his bit is kind of like the only place that would hire him because he's like a progressive is Tim Cast because he got canceled. And then I said, well, it's either this or the Daily Wire. So that's like a running joke is the only place you can get hired at if you're canceled is like here or the Daily Wire. Gina Carano's back. I hope you guys checked out that movie. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this because I love the Daily Wire guys. I have had a hard time trying to watch it. I've been trying so hard to watch their movies. I haven't seen them yet. I need to. They got to get the smart TV apps up. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because they would get way more viewership and membership if they had Sony and LG. Because yep. we have Sony TV and LG TV. And I pull up the apps and I can't get the Daily mm-hmm. Wire. So we tried doing, you know, casting from the phone and stuff. And I'm like, man. So it's they, only on their website? It, or their app. So mm-hmm. it's like Apple, Roku. Uh, okay. Because um, we've been wanting to review Terror on the Prairie. You can yeah, get it on uh, Roku? Yeah. Okay. You have so, to have a membership to the site, which right. we yeah, do, so you can use that. Streaming yeah. service. Yeah. It's just that I have an LG TV, so I've got all of the apps on it, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like YouTube TV and stuff, but I can't get Daily Wire. So I, I, I told this to Jeremy. I was like, get your TV apps, mm-hmm. man, because like, we will watch all of this stuff. Yeah. We'll turn on Ben Shapiro and everything, too. Or we're just, you know, because I can't watch the movies. Mm-hmm. We'll have to, it's, it's just, meh. figure it out. But you know what, man? They're coming up, and I'm really excited to see it. Super excited for Terror on the Prairie. That's awesome. Looking looking forward to watching it. All right. Choice Music says, Ian, I believe we actually have what what is called willful destiny. Yes, we have will, yet outside influences, whether you're religious or secular, guide our choices, such as God and Pharaoh in Exodus. God hardened his heart, or survival and or cowardice. That's for sure. Like, we have... We're bound by outside forces that we need to eat to survive, but we have free will to not eat. There are people that just choose not to, and they die. So you do have free will, even though there are external forces. I like it. A green clover says, Ian, to the response of libertarians that live far away, and Rohan will answer. There you go. That's right. that's that's trust. That's faith in a system. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, it's faith and trust in other individuals that you've developed relationships with. Very important. Matt says, huge thanks to Angela for motivating us in Nebraska. Join us in supporting her leadership, lp.org and lpne.org, based me caucus. Right on. Hearing good things. That's crazy. I mean, it's been like kind of rapid rise for the Mises caucus, right? Well, it's taken about five years. So Feels kind of rapid. I know, right? Well, it started in the uh, summer of 2017. I got involved like within a couple months, basically, as soon as I heard about it, I was already active in the party, by the way, and I'd already run for Congress, you know, but I was like, well, this is really what I care about. This is, this is the thing. This is what it's supposed to look like. And I said, you know, in 2018, I was like, that was kind of rough. We didn't win at convention. Maybe in four years, I'll run for chair. I work really hard, study, do everything I can. Here you are. 
What yeah. is it about the Mises caucus that stands out? We want to make the Libertarian Party more welcoming to libertarians. There is a much larger liberty movement, and the Libertarian Party has historically in the last 20 years especially rejected it and gone more centrist moderate in over the last five years, like very woke mm-hmm. and begging for mainstream a- Remember uh, who was the who was the candidate last time? The presidential <laughs> candidate? Oh, Gary Johnson or no, Joe, no, no. Joe Jorgensen? Joe Jorgensen. Joe. And she said, "We, you know, what did she say? It's not enough to be not racist. What we must we be. must be actively anti." And then I just thought it was funny that the Libertarian Party telling us what we must do. It was it was painful. <laughs> yeah. painful. I I love Joe. She's a sweet lady. Uh, that was I would say that she got some very bad uh, messaging, campaign advice. Here's a very important one. We'll get one more in here. Free men die free. Say, hey, hey Angela, persuade Tim for an episode with Ron Paul. Tim's show is a great platform to spread the same message we all learned. Ron's time is ticking. Uh, Ron has a, a – Dr. Paul has an open invite to come on the show whenever he wants. We are big fans of Ron Paul. Uh, we had a Christmas tree. This is almost two and a half years ago. And Luke Rutkowski put a picture of Ron Paul on top and he said, I couldn't decide between a star or an angel, so I chose both. Nice. And then afterwards, he just stuck the picture of Ron Paul on one of the doors in the house. And <laughs> it's, it's there right now. It's been there ever amazing. since. So, but we're big fans. So I bet Scott Horton or Daniel McAdams could probably arrange that. Yeah. I will fly there tomorrow if that's what it takes. Well, you, we're, you, we're, let's do he, it. In Texas? Wherever. Uh, yeah, wherever. He's in Texas. He's in Texas. I think it's Lake Forest. We would have to drive out the yeah, it'd be great. mobile let's go. studio let's week after next or something. I mean, I, I, it is time. Well, I will I will reach out and connect you if you're not already connected. I think you've had Scott Horton on. Yeah. But, but yeah, we have, right? Yeah, yes. we sure yeah, have. I skated yeah. with him, I'm pretty yeah, sure. sure mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, was cool. I did a kickflip pivot on the mini ramp. Oh, that was like, awesome. It was like midnight, and I was like, I can't skate. I'm too tired. He's like, you have to. And I was like, oh. Scott's always, <laughs> he's, he goes 100 miles an hour. Yeah, I have, I have FOMO now. So for everybody watching, I can't skateboard, even though I like to skateboard because I'm pregnant. <laughs> and everybody will be yeah. like, uh. Do you, would, would Ron be able to travel out here or? Possibly. That would be amazing. He, he traveled to our oh, to our right. national he convention. Oh, and yeah, he spoke. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we covered that. Uh, Timcast.com. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He was great, too. The person oh. you sent. All right. Yeah, Chris. Chris Carr. Chris Carr. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Head over to Timcast.com because we're going to record that members-only segment. Uh, it'll be up for you about 11 p.m. And we're talking about cultural issues. And it'll probably – it'll be uncensored. It'll be not family-friendly. So just so you know. And – um if you want to, if you want to follow us, we're on Instagram at Timcast IRL. Basically, everywhere at Timcast IRL, you can follow me everywhere at Timcast. Angela, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, if you want to join the Libertarian Party, I think you've heard it about ten million times by now. It's LP.org. If you want to get active in your state party, which is also really important, the best way to do that is to go to LPMesisCaucus.com. They will get you connected with whoever you need to get connected with, all fifty states. Right on, Mary. You want to shout anything out? Yeah, I'm going to repeat myself, too. Go over to Pop Culture Crisis. Subscribe. Uh, we're also on Spotify, uh, Pandora, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Come join us. It's a lot more fun than what we do over here on IRL, where we talk about, oh, like, hyper-intellectual <laughs> political like stuff. What the so heck? Uh, we talk about <laughs> celebrities being insane and movies and TV shows. We do reviews. Um, so come join us over there. And also, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram and WeChat at Closer Kitty. <laughs> Great to see you guys. Thanks for coming. Um, I want to shout out Luke Rudkowski, who may or may not be still be in the chat. He's at Porkfest this week. Ah. What's up, homie? And also, a uh, special tech tidbit. I just found out, saw evidence that the sun may not actually be 
super hot gas, but actually metallic hydrogen that's hexagonally latticed, just like graphene. Well, and borophene, this hexagonal Ian, you're so crazy. A the perpetual s- motion machine. <laughs> There's a video called The Sun is Not a Gaseous Plasma, the LMH Solar Model. Check it out. Bye. Well, I have nothing <laughs> so smart to add, but thank you guys for tuning in this evening with my lady versions of a libertarian and Catholic. Great conversation, ladies. Thank you for coming. Mary was a little bit nervous before she came on. She did great. We do have a great time over on Pop Culture Crisis. I am on every Wednesday, and I think this Wednesday I'm on with Andy going to be super fun looking forward to that you guys can find me on twitter and minds.com at sourpatchlets as well as sourpatchlets.me we will see you all over at timcast.com thanks for hanging out bye guys only four percent of universities in the u.s are r1 research institutions and temple university is one of them this means 100 percent of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.